call this meeting to order. Uh, and we will take all public comment that we have. Roll call. Let's oh, do roll call, roll call first, Commissioner. Yeah, please. Yeah. And now President Lamb can take over. Roll call, President Lamb. Yes. Thank you. Commissioner Alexander. Here. Vice President Bogus. Here. Commissioner Shu. Here. Commissioner Matamidi. Commissioner Sanchez. Here. Commissioner Wiseman Ward. President Lamb. Here. Thank you. Are there any public speakers for public com public comment? Seeing none in person. Done. Thank you. At this time, I'd like to uh, take a recess to close session. SFUSD will provide closed captioning and American Sign Language ASL interpretation services throughout today's board meeting. Live transcription can be found here, https colon backslash backslash www.streamtext.net slash player question mark event equal sign SFUSD dashboard. Attendees who wish to provide public comment to the board and would like an ASL interpreter can use the Q&A box in the Zoom app to type their name or handle and list the item or items on the agenda they would like to comment on. The attendee will need to have a functioning camera in order to communicate with the interpreter and the board. When it is the attendee's opportunity to provide comment, the Zoom host will promote the attendee to panelists and enable attendees video. Translation, go ahead, please. Thank you. As of you as the suffering interpretation services in Spanish and Cantonese, if you need interpretation, please dial the following phone number. After dialing, please introduce the PIN number. This message will be repeated in Spanish and Cantonese. Buenas tardes, el Distrito Escolar Unificado de San Francisco ofrece servicios de interpretación en el idioma español. Si necesita interpretación por medio de Google Meet, por favor marque el siguiente número telefónico seguido de la clave de acceso. 1-319-382-9000. Por favor, introduzca la clave. 665-996-976, seguido de la tecla numeral. Gracias. Cantonese interpreter, please. Thank you. Thank you. 大家晚上好,欢迎参加我们今晚三藩市联合校区教委会会议。我们这个会议提供广东话的即时全业服务。如果边位需要我们的服务,麻烦你指定去Google Meet。电话号码是营庭那里。电话是1484-5453328。然后请输入密码7106989。多谢你。Thank you. Thank you. That concludes our translation services.
president land that concludes our translation services. Thank you so much. And thank you all for your patience as we reconvene um, from closed session. So we are now reconvening to open session. I'd like to report from closed session in two matters of anticipated litigation, the board gave direction to general counsel. Opening items or land acknowledgement. We, the San Francisco Board of Education, acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their tradition, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as first peoples. Thank you. Opening item two, approval of board minutes. Regular meeting of September 6, 2022 and special meeting of September 14th, 2022. So moved. Second. Do I see second? Commissioner Sanchez. Sanchez, thank you. Are there any edits or corrections? Seeing none, roll call. Student Delegate Hanson. Yes. Student Delegate Canosta. Yes. Commissioner Alexander. Yes. Vice President Bogus. Yes. Commissioner Shu. Yes. Commissioner Matamini. Yes. Commissioner Sanchez. Yes. Commissioner Wiseman Ward. Yes. President Lamb. Yes. Seven nice. Thank you. Before we go into the Superintendent's report, I did want to welcome everyone to our regular board meeting of September 20th, 2022. The board has initiated um, its community engagement town halls. We've held. I'm sorry, President, I'm going to pause for a second. Excuse me, community, can we please enter quietly while we're trying to set the meeting? That'd be really helpful. Okay, we're gonna continue. To the general public, we are now in session, so appreciate your attention. And if you like to have conversation, I encourage you to have that conversation outside in the lobby, please. Thank you. I was opening to share 
that the board has now begun its community engagement sessions. Um, you can find more information about how and when and where those uh, both in-person and virtual sessions are occurring so that the board can get direct community feedback and engagement around the district's goals, mission and values, and guardrails. Um, we held our first in-person session just yesterday at Lafayette Elementary. Uh, Vice President Bogus and I co-facilitated that discussion. It was really wonderful to have the type of dialogue um, and hearing directly from community with one another around those reactions to um, the direction of the district, again, to its vision and values and goals um, and guardrails. So you can see, you can find out more information on the school district website um, for those continued discussion over the next two weeks. And now I'd like to uh, turn it over to Dr. Wayne for his superintendent's report. Thank you, President Lamb. Um, good evening, everybody. Let's see, do we have the presentation up? Yeah, thank you. And um, so first, if you go to the next slide, just wanna wish everybody un feliz Latinx Heritage Month. Um, <clears throat> September 15th kicked off the month and is an opportunity for many educational activities in our schools to talk about um, Latinx heritage in San Francisco, the Bay Area, and California, and our nation. Um, we're very um, uh, proud of our diverse community and want to make sure we're taking advantage of these educational opportunities uh, to celebrate the heritage uh, of many of our students in San Francisco. Uh, and if you go to the next slide, actually on the start of the month, um, I continued with, our, uh, with my listening and learning town halls and uh, did one at Mission High School that we were able to uh, lead in Spanish. And I've got to hear from the community there and also met at Lincoln High School and Galileo um, High School and have one in uh, October at Willie Brown Middle School. And I just really appreciate the community members and parents and staff who've come out to share their perspective on the school district. I hear a lot of areas of improvement, but also uh, here what's working and, and uh, some strengths we can build on as well. An area of improvement for sure continues to be empower our empower implementation. If you go to the next slide, and we're really beyond talking about implementation and need an intervention. It's not acceptable that our educators and staff are still not paid on time, are receiving inaccurate paychecks, or having their uh, benefits uh, impacted because of empower uh, implementation. And so I want to appreciate the board taking action last week uh, upon my recommendation that we bring in additional support uh, with the commitment to ensure educators and staff are, are paid on time and accurately. Um, we're working with Alvarez and Marcel who will bring additional human resource and technical expertise. And while it is a cost to the district, we will be able to offset, offset that with salary savings. So one of the issues we face is we have vacancies in human resources and payroll and in technology. We're also addressing um, our staffing shortages by bringing in uh, temporary staffing. And we're at the point when we, when we talk about intervention, it means taking action and showing that something's serious. So we're at the point of doing a temporary reassignment of central office staff to provide that additional support to make sure that we're working to resolve the immediate issues, 
um, that I know many people are here to talk about tonight, as well as the long-term issues and make the system work, work for us. And so um, know that it, it continues to be a daily priority, and I understand it will be uh, for us to be able to focus on our, our updated vision, values, and goals, we need to have people focus on those conversations and not on their paychecks and what's happening with our system. Uh, if you go to the next slide, you know, an area where we worked hard this year was enrolling students and welcoming them back to, back to school. Uh, and we are seeing um, some um, overall bright spots in enrollment that it is stabilizing, so our enrollment uh, did decline slightly from last year, but much less than projected. So that's uh, great. And we actually saw a slight increase in kindergarten and sixth grade enrollment. Um, it does mean that we'll have, uh, it's a positive sign for our financials. We'll have more concrete, concrete financial projections um, when available. And uh, just as a reminder, you know, our, our um, Financial revenue is based on attendance, not just enrollment. So we want to make sure uh, our, our students are in school um, every day, most importantly, so that they're learning, uh, but also that's partly how we receive our revenue. Uh, and just, I think people are signing up their, as I go around and visit our schools. There's just so many unique opportunities here in San Francisco. We're marketing them and please you know, share uh, the positive experiences you're having in our schools and why it's, it's so uh, special to be an SFUSD student. If you go to the next slide, that's one, one exciting bright spot. Lawton um, K-8 Alternative School was named a National Blue Ribbon School in 2022. This is, I mean, they're one of only 297 schools in the U.S. to receive this recognition. And they earned it for their mentorship programs between middle schools and elementary schools. As a K-8 school, the middle school students watch out and support elementary students while elementary students look up to their middle school students. And they've leveraged the support um, to, to, they've leveraged this to support mentorship programs such as their middle school black student union, reaching out to their elementary black students. And the middle school teacher assistants regularly work with and tutor elementary students. So this both supports the elementary students academically and emotionally and gives confidence and a sense of responsibility to our middle school students. So big congratulations to Lawton. And again, these are the, the kind of neat strategies we're seeing that we can learn from and help uh, other schools implement them to support our students. Uh, lastly, this week, uh, Salesforce is celebrating uh, 10 years of educational partnership with districts in the Bay Area and where it has its, given its uh, most generous donations have been to the San Francisco Unified School District. And we got to go to Presidio Middle School for uh, a celebration fair with the students where uh, the many outdoor, outdoor activities. I think one of my favorite moments, the kids were learning about kinetic energy and they were making smoothies. Power, the blender was being powered by uh, a stationary bicycle they were riding. And so got a tasty smoothie from that. And just really appreciate the partnership with Salesforce. I think it's a model for the kind of private-public partnerships we need because they're following our lead into, on what support we need. They even uh, renovated the playground at Presidio using students, uh, uh, using a student-led design process to determine what would be done there. So uh, thank you, Salesforce, and uh, for the partnership, and look forward to another decade and more of investment in our schools and our making sure that it is uh, investment that is well used. So that concludes my report tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you, Superintendent Wayne. Now I'd like to call on our student delegates, student delegates Hansen and Kunishta, for your report, please. Thank you, President Lamb. 
Hi, everyone. We are so excited to announce that we have had two official Student Advisory Council meetings in the past month. At our last meeting, we went over SAC cabinet positions and descriptions, and this week we will be having our election meeting. Our meetings are open to the public, so feel free to stop by. We meet here from six to eight at five five. Well, we meet here from six to eight in the cafeteria. As President Lamb stated, next Thursday from six to seven thirty, there will be a virtual Board of Education listening meeting specifically for students. Again, that's specifically for students. A continuation of Superintendent Wayne's series of listening sessions with important SFUSD stakeholder communities. The link to sign up if you are a student is tinyurl.com slash boe session. Again, tinyurl.com slash boe session. Thank you. Thank you, student delegates. At this time, we are going to agenda E, public comment, and I'd like to name the protocol for public comment. Uh, tonight, we are gonna have an allocated of up to um, 40 minutes for public comment. Um, I see that tonight we have many cards for public comment and that I encourage speakers um, who are speaking on the same topic to combine or collaborate on their comments that board, the board can hear um, a range of viewpoints during our limited time. And please also note the board accepts written public comments via email to boardoffice at sfusd.edu. Um, at this time, all speaker cards for public comment must be submitted. And please note that public comment is an opportunity for the board to hear from the community on matters within the board's jurisdiction. We ask that you refrain from using employee and student names. If you have a complaint about a district employee, you may submit it to the employee's supervisor in accordance with district policy. As a reminder, board rules and California law do not allow us to respond to comments or attempt to answer questions during the co public comment time. If appropriate, the superintendent will ask the staff to follow up directly with speakers. So this time, I'd like to open for in-person public comment. Thank you, President Lamb. I'm gonna call five speakers at a time, so if you hear your name, please line up at the podium and forgive me if I mispronounce your name ahead of time. Aisling Pranj. Michael Atkins, Chris Klaus, Jesse Yi, and Francis Ng Lee. Please hit the button once. Yep. All right, cool. Um, good evening, Board of Ed, President Lamb. It's nice to see you again. I was actually the first classroom you came into at Roosevelt Middle School. I'm a teacher there. Um, the reason why I'm here tonight is actually not in power. It's about a lack of responsiveness from in staff. And I'm gonna try to change my tone a little bit, but the after emailing, well, there are three issues at Roosevelt. I apologize, I'm nervous. Um, I emailed about an issue in July. I have a coworker at my site who has not been paid yet for the school year. I wanna make sure that everyone hears that clearly, has not been paid at all. I have another coworker who was wondering why her paycheck in March was $16. As a union member, I'm trying to get answers and receiving no response. What I'm asking from the board, uh, Superintendent Wayne, Superintendent of Middle Schools, whose name I will not use out of your prior comment, um, what I'm asking for is that the help sessions that are offered on Wednesdays are when we are teaching. My request is that you take all those staff and come to the school site so we can actually get something done. 
Thank you. Hi, Ashling. Ashling Prang um, from Roosevelt Middle School. I am the English department head. I was here last month as well because like Mike just said, we have a colleague who has still not been paid. We have other colleagues who have outstanding help tickets. Um, ironically, after my last board meeting, my help tickets were all closed, but the problems have not been solved. And I am still waiting to hear like if things are wrong and how to fix them. Um, I'm not the only one at my site. We have 60 plus staff members and many, many, many of us are having these issues. Thank you. Yes, go ahead. Hi, my name is Frances Ingley. I wanna speak about the payroll issue that are affecting the clerks, student nutrition and custodians. It's easy to blame and power system for all the errors However, let's share some blame with the upper management of DOT and HR. There are always issues with the implementation of any new system, but submitting help ticket with no response or resolution in the past eight and a half months is totally not acceptable. We need HR to timely validate and update employee file. We need benefits to set proper boundary to pay and deduct holiday, leaves, insurance premium, and retirement contribution. We need payroll to make manual pay adjustment when proof of error is presented. We are not second-class citizens. We are stakeholders of SFUSD and deserve to have our empowered issue addressed in a timely manner. Please extend your courtesy, your priority, as you did with the teachers. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Chris Klaus, a SPED teacher at Washington High School. I want to start my public comment by inviting Board of Education Commissioners and SFUSD community members to a rally after school at Washington High School this Friday at the 32nd Avenue entrance to the school. The rally is in support of increased wages for educators as UESF looks to begin full contract negotiations this spring. 6% is a tiny start. It's not enough. There will be student performances and voices at the rally alongside the voices of the dedica dedicated educators who serve them. Now, to the meat of my comments. Washington High School could not run smoothly without the tireless efforts of the SEIU staff working in our site. We would not have any hope of effectively educating our students without their amazing work. SFUSD needs to pay its employees on time, correctly, and without wrecking people's benefits, credit scores, and lives. Show your employees some respect. We do our jobs, you hold up your end of the agreement. Respect them as you would respect your educators. Thank you. Uh, I need an interpreter for Chinese. Yes, please. Okay. Uh, 大家好,萬長好,我叫Jessie. We 大家認唔認同啊？多謝。
Hello, I am Jesse from the Student Nutrition Service Department, uh, and I represent the Student Nutrition Services, uh, all the positions. Each day we serve 37,000 meals. So we had to ask, well, uh, why do you reduce our hours? Our supervisors came to our schools and they told us they were reducing our time by 15 minutes, 30 minutes, on almost an hour. And I know this is, may not be worth it to mention, but this hourly, well, we are hourly workers, and this is very unfair. And don't you agree? Don't you guys all agree? There was a applause, and thank you. Okay, next set of speakers Ada Chung, Mei Chen, Rafael Picasso, Michael Tall, and Evelinda Vasquez. Please come light up at the podium. Uh Uh, good evening. I want to ask, I've worked here for one plus year, I have not gotten any benefits, and I am very much in need of insurance, and I don't have it. That's it. Good afternoon, and I'm a custodian main chair and work for this district for 20 years. So all those years, we do year, last three years, we haven't had raise. All the custodians and their family need support. We need a raise right now. And also my paycheck and this paycheck, just got a paycheck, still short three days. I'm a permanent. I don't understand. Once we got problem, who gonna take care of who to talk to? That is the thing. We need to, every paycheck collect. Three days for me is, is a lot of money. Thank you. That's right. Yeah. interpreter. Mi nombre es Evelinda Vázquez, eh, soy custodian, eh, trabajo en la Cleveland Elementary School. Eh, bueno, lo que yo vengo a decir ahora esta tarde es que eh, yo he tenido dos veces retraso con mi cheque eh, y eso es muy, eh, muy estresante porque nosotros tenemos que pagar la renta puntualmente, los biles. Eh, Pues ahora, eh, no sé por qué, no sé si no hay personal o no, no contrataron personal en, eh, para ayudarnos en el summer. Tenemos más trabajo, estamos trabajando overtime, eh, no sé si debido a eso, eh, pero pues eh, nosotros necesitamos que nos paguen a tiempo. Yo tengo eh, 32 horas de overtime que no se me ha pagado. Y muchas gracias. The Spanish interpreter, go ahead, please. Thank you. Hello, my name is Avelina Vasquez and I'm a custodian at Cleveland, uh, Cleveland School. So, uh, and I'm here because I, um, I haven't got paid uh, two of my checks and so I'm very concerned because there's so many things that I have to be paid. Um, you know, there's bills, rent, food, and um, 
So over the summer, I believe that they were lacking uh, more staff. So we were working overtime. And I, I ha actually haven't get paid for these 32 hours of overtime. So please, I'm here to ask you to uh, give us our, uh, to pay us back uh, what you owe us. Thank you. I'm gonna read a poem that a member wrote. <clears throat> Management gets paid, but what about us? They drive Teslas, we ride the bus. We're behind on rent, their mortgages are paid. They're always dining out, we're on government aid. We're catching COVID at our schools. The boss is safe at home on Zoom. We just wanna be paid right. And if we're not, and we will fight. Thank you. Good evening, commissioners and Superintendent Wayne. My name is Rafael Picasso. I am SEIU Local 1021 School District Chapter President. Uh, empowers hit home. The district has thrown good money after bad to the tune of $16.5 million. Now on a flawed payroll system that has resulted in the district's lowest paid employees being shorted over and over again. It contributed to a death of our coworker, not just a coworker that worked for the San Francisco Unified School District, but a childhood friend of mine that I grew up with in the mission. I am a product of this school district. I love this school district. I'm a long-term employee of this school district of 38 going on 39 years. I've never seen it this bad in my years of service here, and I love working here. The stress of having his insurance cut off, not being able to access the medication he needed. After 20 years of dedicated himself to the district and the district students, Cause the exact kind of stress that you do not need when you're already battling cancer. We do not want to hear any more excuses or vague promises of fixing the system. We need to be made whole immediately. Would you stay in a job where your paychecks are short, where your retirement funds are being taken out of your paychecks but not put into your retirement accounts, where your insurance is being cut off because of technical issues. And all you can do is put a ticket into a system that never gets answered. We need fixes and we need fixes now. So I come to you representing these great workers, the lowest paid workers in our district, make them whole. If we can't fix empowered, let's go back to PeopleSoft where there was no problems. Thank you. All right, the next set of speakers, Chi Ho Leung, Shai Lian Liang, Miriam Mesa, Tina Estorve, and Jacqueline Rosas.
We don't get our pay on time. When they request for us work overtime, and we are not agree with it. Please increase our custodian income and hire more custodian. Working at San Francisco Unified School District, we got lower pay compared to the other city department. On the city website, 2708 are supposed to get 29 to $35. You can check it on the website. And this including the school custodian. We are about like six dollars below than that. Some of the people are transferred to the different department because of that. Can you imagine what happened could be? One more thing, not everyone like to take the day off, but vacation time is about to execute. That is our benefit and we have to take day off when we deserve it. If we can have an option to catch the vacation time, I believe that could be more fixable for everyone. Thank you. Uh, I want to reflect how long have we not had a raise. Right now we have a lot of inflation going on, so I request that we get a raise for us. That's it, thank you. As I was saying, as my site's timekeeper, I am here to tell you every single one of my 44 certificated and 21 classified employees have had some issue with Empower. That's 65 people constantly having their pay, leaves, and benefits screwed up by this dollar store program you people willingly wasted millions on. Millions that should have been spent retaining teachers and keeping full-time positions. Don't even get me started on the non-existent support for the timekeepers that have become de facto benefit and payroll analysts. Trouble tickets have been completely ignored for classified staff. And let me remind you for this godforsaken school district that it will not, does not, and cannot run without classified staff. But, but here we are, here we are, spending what little time we have to recover from a full day of work to demand that every one of you and in the central office do better, do your jobs and fix this now. Thank you. Buenas tardes, eh, mi nombre es Miriam, vengo de Balboa High School. Uh, en representación de todos mis custodian, eh, este año ha sido uno de los años que hemos trabajado muy duro y no nos hemos echado para atrás. Le hemos dado el apoyo en ir a hacer overtime porque sabemos de que hay problemas 
que no pueden contratar más personal, pero es injusto que no nos paguen el overtime, porque se trabaja muy duro. Todos los días hay que hacer overtime porque no tenemos custodia en que nos llegan a sustituir. Este año yo no he tomado vacaciones porque no han podido darme las vacaciones porque no tenemos personal para que nos lleguen a sustituir. Por favor, les pedimos que sean responsables, así como nosotros somos responsables con nuestro trabajo y que nos paguen a tiempo y que nos paguen los overtime. Porque si no, entonces, ¿en qué estamos? Nos tenemos que apoyar uno con otro y le pedimos, por favor, que sean justos, porque aquí todo el mundo trabaja para vivir el día a día. Gracias. Spanish translator. Yes, uh, my name is uh, Miriam. I come from Balboa High School and I am representing our custodians. This year we had to do a lot of overtime. I think it was because there was no money to hire extra help. So we had to do a lot of overtime to keep up. And uh, it's been so difficult that I haven't been able to even take vacations. We have no substitutes to help us and we are not uh, getting paid. Uh, a lot of us uh, are working really hard to do our job and we are asking you to be responsible. We're being responsible doing our job and we're asking for you to be responsible and pay us on time. Be fair with us because we're here doing our job and we need to be paid. Thank you. Hola, mi nombre es Jacqueline Rosas. Vengo de Lowe High School. Y quiero decir que así como quieren que trabajemos, queremos el dinero a tiempo, nuestro cheque. Empower, si no sirve, pues la tendrán que quitar, a vender o a, a ver qué es lo que hacen con esa aplicación. Este, necesitamos pagar la renta, las casas de uno, carros, tenemos que darle de comer a nuestros hijos. Y este, tendrían que tenemos que arreglar ese problema, porque aparte también estamos trabajando overtime y no, no nos están pagando. Gracias. Translation, go ahead. Hello, my name is Jacqueline and I'm a custodian here at the school district. And I, uh, I'm here because I want you guys to pay us on time. And I don't know if it's a problem with Empower SF, but uh, we work really hard and we need this money to pay bills, to buy food, to pay rent. And I just really encourage you to pay us what we need and what is fair for us because we work really hard for you. So uh, please pay us on time. Thank you. Okay, next set of speakers, Ale Alejandria Hernandez, Jordan Davis. Mao Shen Yu. Jim, Jim Haber. Uh, this one's, uh, th this one, I can't he didn't read the handwriting. It's something, Sean, something. Buenas noches, mi nombre es Alejandra Hernández. Soy custodian para la escuela uh, Flynn. 
Bueno, mi problema está de que desde hace un mes no recibo pago y también tengo desde el día de el, perdón, el mes de junio que no me pagan 22 horas extras. Entonces, no se me hace justo que nosotros estamos trabajando duro para poder este, mantener a nuestras familias y ellos no nos están pagando. Nosotros somos responsables, todos los custodian, estamos trabajando de más y dejamos de hacer nuestras cosas para poder ir a trabajarles horas extras. También este, nuestros patrones saben de esto y ellos solamente nos ignoran. Pues queremos que esto se resuelva pronto porque nosotros tenemos pagos, tenemos renta, tenemos hijos y pues es una injusticia que nosotros estemos hasta pidiendo prestado y, y nosotros siendo responsables estando en nuestros trabajos. Entonces les pedimos de favor que sean responsables y nos paguen a tiempo porque nosotros somos responsables a presentarnos todos los días a trabajar para ustedes. Gracias. Yes, my name is Alejandria Hernandez. I work as a custodian at Flynn. Um, they, I haven't been paid one month of my work. And in June, I worked 22 hours overtime and haven't been paid for that either. And I, uh, it's just not fair because we are responsible people. We show up here to work for you. We work overtime. We work all the time. We stop doing things for our own family and for ourselves to come and work for you, being responsible. But we need to be paid. We have bills, we have kids to feed, we have pay, uh, rent to pay, and it's not fair for us not to be being paid on time. We are responsible. We are showing up for our job. So you be responsible and pay us on time. Thank you. Good evening, my name is Jordan, my pronouns are she and her, and once again, I am dismayed to see the wage theft happening with Disempower SF. I am also dismayed to see Anshu hasn't resigned for racism and ableism. I am also dismayed that you used the Constitution Brown Act as toilet paper, seeing as Constitution J just happened. I want to close by saying, which is more offensive, teachers and staff not getting paid, or me telling you all to go fuck yourselves? I yield my time. Hello,我是Custodian,我是Custodian,我是Custodian,我是Custodian,我是Custodian,我是Custodian,我是Custodian,我是Custodian,我是Custodian,我是Custodian,我是Custodian,我是Custodian,我是Custodian,我是Custod
Buenas tardes. Por favor, levante su mano si quiere agregar un comentario público. Tenemos un tiempo total de 15 minutos, un minuto por persona. Gracias. Thank you. Ms. Marshall? Thank you. I'm going to dispense with protocol because I have so many things in only one minute. First, I want to thank the superintendent, uh, the assistant soups, the Ali team, our principals, educators, community members for helping us to have a very successful 12th annual HBCU fair where many of our students were admitted to HBCUs, HBCUs on the spot and receive financial aid. So thank you so much. Thank you, Ali and the team. Second, uh, the, N the NAACP has a big concern and that at Aptis Middle School, we saw a film where there are two young girls, sixth graders had an altercation. And in that film, there's a male person straddling a sixth grade girl. We learned that that is a principal of that school. He should be removed immediately. And Sue, how you can sit there, I don't know, but the people have asked you to leave and you're still there, shame on you. And lastly, superintendent and board members, we've been saying this for eight months on behalf of the NAACP and the Alliance of Black School Educators. Pay the educators, please pay the educators. They have done their jobs. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm a parent and teacher in the district. And it's, it's literally crazy that the board members and the superintendent are now outraged. You don't hear it in their voices because it's not impacting them. The superintendent is having listening sessions. Well, I, hopefully you're hearing all of this. We don't need to have listening sessions about what's working and what's not when you don't pay people for what they earn. Custodians, secretaries, security guards, paraprofessionals, are some of the hardest working people and we treat them like crap. You can get mad at me for saying that, but we do when we don't pay them on time and you want them to keep working. How are we gonna recruit people when about empower? No one has been able to say why we didn't empower in the first place. And that's what we say when uh, things aren't working for students, switch it up, change the curriculum, fit the students need. I'm a special education teacher. Every day I have to think, how am I gonna modify or adapt this curriculum? We're not modifying or adapting, we're just throwing more money into the ether. For what? To say we're gonna fix it? Please, stop the madness and actually have a backbone and a spine. Thank you. Supriya? Hi, this is Supriya Ray calling in. Thank you so much for taking my call. I wanted to discuss a couple things briefly. First, uh, as a member of the public viewing online tonight, I could only see the ASL interpreter from the beginning of the meeting until public comment started. And then during public comment, I often could still see only the ASL interpreter and not any of the board members or superintendent of the room. Second, I note that there is still no news about the outdoor learning bond fund applications. I was at APG the other day and the principal and president of the PTA had not heard anything yet either on their application. There are $14 million in funds sitting there. We've heard from plenty of people the district has spent well over 14 million in funds on a payroll system that doesn't work. 
and is now putting more money into that as well. I think district needs to take a real look at what it's spending money on and why. Thank you. Thank you. Miss Erica. Hi, I'm a parent and educator. Uh, first off, Eddie Alarcón Presente. Who knows, he could be alive if the district had people to work on his case instead of a faulty third-party software. Get people to work and uh, work on payroll. We need payroll clerk. We do not need public-private uh, partnership. We need people in the on the floor at SFUSD, both in schools and at 555 Franklin. Sit down with SEAU 1021 and ask them, what can we do to get more payroll clerks in staff? That's what we need. We do not need Empower SS. I believe $17 million already went into this doomed program. It is not working. And the new consultants you guys just approved are taking $450,000 per month, I believe. Erica, that's no. Please wrap up your final thought. My, my last thoughts are the top C-level uh, 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 SFUSD leaders, they get $4,000 per month in health insurance. Eddie Alarcon did not have health insurance twice for the last year. Thank you. That's he just time. died. Thank you. Thank you. Greg? Hi, thank you for taking my call, Greg Chopsky. Uh, first, uh, two, two points. One, what Superior Ray said, yes. Number two, uh, Dr. Wayne, the, the Empower is your Waterloo here. This is it, it's gonna be the first of, of many fights that you have to take care of. This has been not, eight, not it's actually been nine months, not eight months. Uh, this has gotta get fixed now, thank you. Thank you. Brandy? Brandy? Thank you. Um, I am calling just in solidarity with everyone asking to have the payroll system fixed. I'm also calling about the half a million dollar contract that is on the agenda to line the pockets of pro charter school and ed tech moguls for the SFUMP high school task force um, that would go to um, uh, California's education partners, partners, leaders, leadership, um, partners in school innovation and ABLE, which was whose co-founder, um, also co-founder Yammer with school board recall donor David Sachs. I don't understand why we're in such a budget crisis. We are spending half a million dollars that is going toward um, people with charter school connections. This is just a mere reflection of um, all of the charter school money that went in to fund the recall um, that um, is why three of you are here. So I would urge you to vote against this. This is a waste of money. If we can't be paying employees, we shouldn't be giving uh, half a million dollar contracts to pro charter school people. Thank you. Thank you. 
Autumn. Autumn. David. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Sorry, David. I'll I'll call on you shortly. Autumn, go ahead. Hi. Good evening. Sorry about that. My name is Autumn. I am um, the vice president of PTA at Leonard Flynn Elementary School. I'm calling um, for two reasons. One. Um, our custodian, as you've already heard in her own words, um, has not been paid. Um, we are a school of approximately 450 kids. We're a Title I school, and we don't have a custodian. So I'm calling um, to make sure that you are aware that people need to be paid in order to keep showing up to work. It's not fair. Um, the second reason I'm calling is because our school does not have a permanent social worker right now. We are in an elementary school um, on the corner, on the um, you know south side of the Mission in Bernal Heights. We have a SOAR program at our school. We do not have a permanent social worker at our school right now. It's causing um, immense pain for our staff. It's causing people to have reasons to be concerned. I, I had a personal concern for my own child with an altercation that happened. She's a second grader with another child. There's no one to facilitate those types of interactions right now when our staff is so strapped. Um, you know, one social worker in a school is needed. So please, please make this a priority. I've already called the link line several times. Thank you. Thank you. David. Thank you. Uh, my name is David Coe, 18 years in the district. Uh, a brief update on my most recent Empower issues. 27 days ago, I submitted a ticket about why mandatory retirement contributions were made in July. 21 days ago, I made a, a help ticket about why my deferred net payment for the school year is incorrect. 19 days ago, I made a ticket about why the entire year's retirement contributions have been incorrect. I have not received responses for any of these issues, and we're just about to enter a new pay cycle. This is unacceptable, and these issues will keep repeating until they're addressed. For anyone who has not read it, I highly recommend the Mission Local article that gives an update. They interviewed many people and gives a brief summary about the wide array of issues that we're facing. For any person who is interested, and I recommend this not only for employees, but to community members, to board members, uh, I put together resources to try to help my colleagues, and the URL is tiny.cc slash SFUSD payroll. Again, the URL is tiny.cc slash SFUSD payroll. Please pay educators, please pay, pay custodians, staff, SEIU correctly. Thank you. Thank you. Juan? Hi. And also, you don't Hey, 對MLK這個老師的問題 
唔发工资俾老师，要你走，你哋就系真系咁憎 M L K 中学咩？真系只讲唔做，现而家就系你哋个标签咯。多谢。Hi， I'm a parent from uh uh M L K， and my kid is is in the M L K sixth grade， and um I don't know why this uh district uh Don't like uh, the MLK and hate MLK uh, so much because you don't, uh, you don't the the teachers and don't have their pay so far, and um, you always uh, mention about uh, not enough teachers, um, short, teacher shortage, but I don't know why, uh, because we have teachers working but they don't get their pay. How you treat these teachers like that, and um, and every day, and um, you don't you you always mention that we don't have enough teacher, and but this is the treatment you 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 the teachers don't get any pay, and this is how you treat the teacher, and I don't know why you know you what you say is not what you do, and um. The teachers keep leaving our district, and I will give you a thumbs down. And um, I think this is, uh, I, I will, I will say this is the label of the district is not keeping their words. Thank you. Thank you. Barry. Barry? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yes. Ahead, so I know you have another item coming up. I have another meeting uh, happening uh, uh, that I'm already late to. So I want to put it this way. So Shana Tova to all the Jewish students, all the Jewish parents, and all the Jewish staff, and all the Jewish educators in the uh, San Francisco Unified School District. As it related to that, uh, The Jewish New Year starts Sunday night and, and runs through Tuesday evening. Most people observe at least the first day on Monday, and many also observe Tuesday. A lot of the Jewish private schools are closed on those, on those two days. And also Yom Kippur starts Tuesday night and runs through Wednesday evening with the fast, and it is holiest day in the Jewish calendar. There's also other Jewish holidays such as Passover, uh, first and last days. And Sukkot, which is later in uh, in October, uh, as as well as some other minor holidays, uh, it, it brings up a point: is why aren't aren't these Jewish holidays at least uh, the, at least two or three of them able to get day off? I think it's anti-Semitism to not to not include those as part of the Muslim holidays that you're thank getting off. Thank you, you very too quickly. Thank you very much. Thank you. President Lin, that concludes the amount of time for uh, virtual public comment. Thank you so much, and thank you to the public for providing your comments uh, this evening. I know that Dr. Wayne had um, a comment as well. Yeah. No, thank you. I know our, our, as people make comments, we're, um, this is an opportunity for us to listen, and it's not for us to respond. Just want to <coughs> make, uh, emphasize a few points. One. Uh, again, we know it is not okay for people uh, to not be paid, and so much time and energy is being spent on this. 
but particularly if anybody is not being paid, we have streamlined our efforts to make sure people can get a pay, you know, get compensation. And so we uh, have had staff following up with um, participants to make sure that we're, we're working on that. Uh, again, if, if you're not getting paid at all, we can immediately redress that. I think secondly, uh, I just want to appreciate the SEIU members who came out tonight, my initial meeting with our SEIU leadership tomorrow. And I know this will be the primary topic of conversation. And uh, again, as many SAU members said, without their contributions in our schools, our schools wouldn't, uh, wouldn't run. And uh, so this just will continue to be our top priority so that we can focus on why we're here, which is to educate our students. Thank you. Um, we will hear from SFUSD students who wish to speak on any um, matter for public comment next. Students will have up to two minutes to speak um, unless otherwise um, indicated. And we're gonna allot, allot this evening 15 minutes, up to 15 minutes of the general public comment period. Um, and students may also speak at any other public comment time. Mr. Steele, do we have any um, student public speakers? No, President Lamb, not for in person. If you're a student and you care to share your public comment, please raise your hand. You'll have, a, you'll have two minutes to speak and we'll have up to 15 minutes. Again, this is a time for students to share their public comment. Can we please have that repeated in Spanish and Chinese? Thank you. Buenas tardes. Si es usted estudiante, por favor levante la mano. Tiene 15 minutos solamente para este bloque y dos minutos por cada estudiante. Gracias. Thank you。大家好,我們現在在學生發言的時間,公眾發言的時間,總共是十五分鐘,每一位是兩分鐘,如果是邊位學生是學生的,需要發言的話,麻煩你在線上撳那個舉手鍵,多謝你。and I am honored to be the coordinator for the Parent Advisory Council to the San Francisco Board of Education. The role of the PAC is to present, represent parent perspectives in order to inform Board of Education policy discussions and decisions. This is the first PAC's first report for the 2022-2023 school year. Um, can we go back to the agenda slide, please? Slide two.
While we're waiting, I'll just review our agenda for this evening's report. We will actually not be doing any introductions, which you'll see on the agenda, because the PAC members who were slated to present this evening all had things come up. They will be back at the next board meeting to present again in a couple of weeks. And as you'll see later in the presentation, the PAC has been operating this year on less than half capacity, and the few members we have are tasked with presenting reports and all the other volunteer duties of being a PAC member. I am here, and I will provide a very brief overview of the history and role of the PAC, including how we are set up and how we operate. This is um, due in part, um, we have some new commissioners on, on deck who have not uh, been with us very long. We also um, often get questions or recognize that there's confusion about who the PAC is and what we do and my role and things like that. So we want to try to briefly give an introduction to that. Um, I will also uh, give a little update on our recent activity and upcoming opportunities for engagement. Um, and we'll go in a little deeper about structure um, and things like that. Um, it's a pretty brief presentation, um, but uh, yes, great, thank you. Um, and then um, that's it. So next slide, please. So the history and role of the PAC. Um, the Parent Advisory Council um, came to be in 1993, it was first formed uh, to advise the board on issues concerning parents, including family involvement, student achievement, and other matters. By 2003, the council had not been functioning for several years, so at the urging of Coleman advocates and others, a new PAC was formed. 20 years later, the PAC is emerging from the pandemic. It's been hard but we're coming back strong and more determined than ever before with the legacy of partnering with SFUSD and the board to support equity and family voice in important matters in the district. How we do this, we listen to families, we discuss current issues, and we share information to help inform the Board of Ed's policy discussions and decisions. We partner with other district advisory groups to align our work and to support one another. And we engage with community organizations to hear from families and communities that we might not represent, often with organizations who um, directly work with families that we're not able to represent on the PAC or who may not have their voices frequently heard at this level. What the PAC does not do, we are not in charge of or over the other district family advisory groups. We do not operate at individual school sites nor engage in, engage in fundraising like PTAs. And we understand that we do not and cannot speak for the experiences of all families alone. We need everyone's help to make that happen. Next slide. So who is the PAC? Um, the PAC is comprised of up to 15 regular or voting members and up to three alternate or non-voting members. These members are parents, grandparents, and guardians of current SFUSD students, um, which makes them eligible to serve on the PAC. Ideally, and this is often a challenge, the membership of the PAC represents the diversity of the SFUSD student population in all ways to the extent possible. The work of the PAC is supported by the coordinator. That's my role. This is a three-quarter time position funded through the district, but not employed by the district. 
I am employed by Community Initiatives, which is our fiscal sponsor. And my role is to plan, coordinate, support the work of the PAC and the growth of PAC members as parent advocates, including the setting up and facilitating of meetings, helping to ensure parent and family representation in decision-making spaces via the many different committees that exist within SFUSD. A couple of examples are the Student Assessment Committee, the School Portfolio Planning Committee, there's many, many more. So my role is to help ensure that there's parent representation, whether it's a PAC member or not. And often those meetings are during the day, which makes it very challenging. But it might be, oh, someone from um, the African American Parent Advisory Council is able to, or the District English Learners Advisory Committee, or the Spe uh, Community Advisory Committee for Special Education, or someone from one of the um, advisory groups that uh, live within our Office of Equity, right, that serve our Pacific Islander families or our migrant or Indian education families. Worst case scenario, it means I'm on the committee, but that's not parent voice. That's just me trying to relay parent voice and hold that space. I'm gonna be clear about that. Um, we know that there's been some confusion in the past, which is why um, we wanted to give this as part of our first presentation this year. Um, we also wanna make it really, really clear that anyone who has interest in supporting the success of SFUSD students and families is welcome to attend our PAC meetings. They are public meetings. Um, and we appreciate multiple voices at the table to inform our conversations. Michelle, I'm sorry, can I ask you to pause? To the audience, it's very difficult to hear our speaker. I ask that you respectfully respect the speaker and the presentation currently happening. If you need to have side conversations, please do so in the lobby. Thank you. Go ahead, Michelle. Thank you, President Lamb. Um, next slide, please. So this slide shows the structure of the pack that I referenced, plus a little more detail. Um, so you see we have 15 regular seats, three alternate seats, which means they don't vote but participate in our conversations. And just to back up a little bit on that, um, the PAC, uh, I think it was last fall, adopted um, the consensus decision-making model for all decisions that we can make that way, certain things we have to do a straight-up vote, follow the Brown Act on. But we, um, we prefer to use a consensus model whenever possible to hear all voices, to really kind of come to a place of understanding together. Um, and that is something that is important when you think about regular seats and alternate seats, because alternates are still part of that conversation, right? Where they may not be able to vote. Um, within those members, we draw on officers. We have a chair, a vice chair, a secretary, and a parliamentarian. And technically, the parliamentarian doesn't even need to be a PAC member. They can just be a community member that's present and wants to play that role. Um, ideally, and this has been very difficult during the pandemic when we've been um, limited in our numbers, um, but we have committees, right? And they would relate, say, to our priorities, and they would relate directly to the work that we're doing. And parents who are interested in being on that particular committee and doing that particular work would, would meet and, and do that work with my support, connecting them to staff or other resources that would be useful for them. Um, and I'm listed at the bottom for a reason. As coordinator, my job is to hold up all that work and help make it happen. I do, I wanna be really clear because there's some miscommunication out there. I do not lead the work of the PAC. I am not a PAC member. I am not the PAC chair. I don't 
I don't tell the PAC what to do. I support the work of volunteer parent advocates. In the box on the right, you see what our composition was this current year. We had seven members who held up this work. Right now, I have five of them that are returning, holding up the work until we can get our new candidate slate approved. Next slide, please. Um, so before um, I share our brief updates that are on the screen with you, I just wanted to touch on a couple things from um, the last school year. Um, we do appreciate the restructuring of the board meetings so that the public portion begins at 6.30 p.m. It makes it much easier for families to do the things they need to do in order to be present, whether they're presenting or attending in person or whether they're attending online. And while we appreciate that the board is seeking to improve their operations run, to run more efficiently and focus on student outcomes, we still stand firm in our belief that the voices of families and community members are vital to ensuring equity and successful outcomes for our students, as well as a well-informed democratic process. And we hope that you will work with us in order to find this healthy balance. Finally, the PAC is still waiting to hear an update on the status of the Queer Transparent Advisory Council. We have brought this question forward numerous times and families have been waiting for a response and for next steps for far too long. So we held our first general PAC meeting of the school year on Thursday, September 1st. We were joined by Superintendent Wayne. We spent the majority of the meeting um, hearing PAC member and other parent questions and concerns and we greatly appreciate Dr. Wayne's time and the dialogue that was started that night and look forward to continuing that. Um, our next PAC meeting um, is tentatively scheduled for Thursday, October 6th. We may postpone that due to a delay in the uh, process of appointing our PAC members for the school year. Um, hopefully we do not have to put that off too much longer. As I mentioned before, there is much work that needs to be done and very few hands to do it. Um, we will update our webpage uh, at www.sfusd.edu slash PAC when we have that confirmed meeting date. Um, for anyone curious about more about the PAC and sort of to see firsthand how we operate or have questions, um, please reach out to us. Our uh, email is pac at sfusd.edu. Please also consider joining us at our meetings um, and we do post our agendas and other information as per the Brown Act uh, within 72 hours prior to the meeting. We also have childcare and food available at our meetings um, and we can extend that to members of the public if we get advance notice. We can also do interpretation and translation with advance notice, although meetings are conducted in English as unfortunately I am monolingual. Um, as you heard earlier, um, sorry, next slide please. Um, oh, you are there. Um, as you heard earlier in President Lamb's and Superintendent Wayne's reports, there are still upcoming opportunities for family engagement in both the board's community meetings and the superintendent's town halls. More information is at the website. Also, the district's enrollment fair for the next school year for 23-24 will be held on Saturday, October 22nd at John O'Connell High School. This concludes the PACS report for this evening. Thank you. Thank you for the presentation and see if we have any public comment this time. Yes, we have two speakers for this item. Please come to the podium and I call your name, Alita Fisher and Josephine. Hi everyone, I'm Alita Fisher. I'm a e-board member of the Community Advisory Committee for Special Education and I'd like to thank the PAC um, Michelle and your members for the work you're doing. 
for the transparency, the allyship, the accountability, the dedication, the collaboration, the intentional diversity. No one group can represent all SFUSD families or communities, but the intentionality you bring to the work is much appreciated. You go above and beyond to make meetings accessible with dinner, childcare, interpretation. You post all your information so that everyone who can't be there can see it. Um, we miss being able to have the meetings online. That was much more accessible, but due to Brown Act, thank you for following the Brown Act. Um, and thank you for hearing voices and working through the diversity, working through the challenges, the difficult conversations. Um, I know how hard that's been on you personally this year, and I just wanna commend you, Michelle, for the work you're doing in, um, and leading the LCAP task force work in the past year too. The PAC has done a lot more than they've gotten credit for, so thank you for that. So when you receive a email telling you, um, PAC has received more application from our Chinese community than could be accommodated. What does that really say? Can that be translated to that there are too many Chinese? As the coordinator for the 4,000 member strong CPAC, I'm deeply disappointed that my application to PAC has been rejected, it wasn't accepted last year, and it's it rejected this year with wording that's similar to there are too many Chinese. There, there's so many levels that this wording is not right. You know, instead of having inclusion of different backgrounds, of different voice, to include our thousands of immigrant Chinese parent members that we decided to exclude them. And it talks about a lot about, about inclusion of our comp competency Thank or is you. it based on other things? our in-person, uh, please raise your hand if you care to share your public comment on the Parent Advisory Committee report. We will have a total, each speaker will have one minute to speak and we'll have a total of one minute each. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, can we please have that repeated in Spanish and Chinese? Buenas tardes. Si tiene un comentario público, por favor, levante su mano. Cada persona que quiera hablar tiene solamente un minuto. Gracias. Thank you. Uh,大家好,而家是到我哋啱先嗰個家長諮詢委員會嗰個回報作公眾發表意見嘅時段。如果邊位網上嘅觀眾如果想發表意見,麻煩你撳嗰個舉手鍵。多謝你。Thank you. Thank you. Latoya Pitcher. Let's Good evening. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Oh, sorry. Okay. Good evening. I just want to say thank you um, for the opportunity to speak. Uh, with respect to the board and Dr. Wayne, I want to say thank you to the PAC for really holding up parent voice and family voice and respecting 
that everyone has a valuable voice. Um, I have never served on the PAC before. However, I've always felt welcome at PAC meetings. I've always felt included in the PAC community. And I just want to say thank you uh, to Michelle, as well as other PAC members who have made it their business to make sure everyone is included and for all of the hard work you do. As Alita mentioned earlier with LCAP and explaining that to parents in a way that is respectful, but also in a way where we can easily digest the information. Thank you for always putting students first and centering the community of SFUSD and not really getting into too much of the distractions that tend to happen sometimes when folks are really passionate about fighting for our kids. So I just want to say thank you for your hard work and it hasn't gone unnoticed. And uh, I'm thankful for you to speak tonight. Good night. Thank you. Supriya. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to make uh, some observations about the PAC and the selection process. I have uh, previously briefly expressed concern about the PAC not being very representative of the SFUSD community. I can think of a number of uh, issues, maybe the most obvious of which is how many parents were concerned about the prolonged school closures and the fact that this topic did not seem to be on the radar of the PAC. And there have been plenty of open positions and yet um, not uh, not taking applicants such as Seth Brenzel, which was quite a disturbing episode. I'm concerned, I wanted to express my concern again because there was a um, member of the public who just got up and spoke. I don't know her, but she expressed concern by the Chinese community as to whether or not they're being appropriately included on the pack. So I just wanted to raise generally, please take this issue seriously and try to make sure the selection process includes uh, a representative and diverse range of voices within SFUSD. Thank you. Thank you. David? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Thank you. In June 2022, the PAC reported to the board that it has priorities to advise the board on the fiscal health of the district and the health and safety of school operations. This past spring, I applied to be a member of the PAC. In my application and live interview, there were zero questions addressing these highly technical areas that require expertise. Last week, I received a rejection to my application for the reason that there is too much representation from the city's west side. More information to support this was requested from the PAC, but nothing was provided. Apparently, the PAC has a belief that where you come from and your geographic affiliation in the city is more important than your skills, qualifications, or desire to volunteer those skills to help the district where it needs help. When you receive the new PAC slate for approval, please ask some detailed questions about the soundness of its evaluation process. When you receive any advice from the PAC on topics that require any expertise, exercise extreme caution and skepticism on its validity. To do otherwise is simply putting blind faith on unvetted speculation. Thank you. L.H. Buenas noches, ¿me escuchan? Sí. Okay. Buenas noches, me llamo Luz y soy miembro del PAC. Uh, han sido muchos, muchos meses de esfuerzo colectivo en buscar a padres representativos de la población del distrito escolar 
Hemos eh, siguiendo un proceso íntegro gracias al trabajo y la integridad de la coordinadora del PAC y gracias, por supuesto, al compromiso también y dedicación de los miembros actuales. Uh, tenemos un, un grupo uh, uh, para presentarlos uh, al board, un grupo muy diverso y ya listo para ponerse a trabajar y para poder abocar por, por, por nuestros niños. Uh, Michelle, muchas gracias por tu trabajo y por tu advocacia. Sé fuerte y por favor, denle un buen aumento a nuestros maestros y páguenles a tiempo y también a nuestros custodios. Gracias. Gracias. Translation, go ahead, please. Hi, my name is Luz and I uh, am a PAC member and for the last few months, We'll be looking for parents among the SFUSD community uh, <clears throat> to enroll them. And also we want to say that uh, we really appreciate the hard work and the integrity and dedication. And I also, uh, we want to present, or we will present a, a very diverse group that is gonna be working for us. Um, and also I want to thank Michelle Jagmanegas for her integrity and her dedication to the pack. And also I would like you and encourage you to actually pay our teachers. Thank you. Thank you. Diane. Hi, this is Diane. Um, I'm personally aware of several Chinese parents who have Uh, who the PAC coordinator or other members of the PAC have basically decided can't be on there just because, you know, there's a Chinese quota. And I'd like to remind you that racial quotas are illegal. They're illegal under the constitution. They're illegal under Prop 209. And I would really hate to see SFUSD be uh, involved in another lawsuit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, that concludes public comment. Colleagues, do I have any comments for question for Michelle in the uh, PAC report? Lisa? I'm sorry, Commissioner Weisman Ward. I'm okay with Lisa. Hi, Michelle, thank you for being here. Um, thank you for the work of the PAC. And you started off by saying that uh, other members of the PAC um, had conflicts. And um, I'm looking at page five of the slides where it says 22-23 composition, seven regular members. So does that mean you, you are seven members short and are eight members short and three alternates short still? No, um, we actually have a slate prepared. There was a technical difficulty in the agendizing of the item for approval, so it didn't get brought forward tonight. So we actually have, um, Currently, five returning members, two of those seven are ended their terms. Um, but we have a uh, slate to present that includes eight regular members, one alternate, and we are holding four seats for some increased diversity that we hope to be able to recruit for. Um, I hope that answers your question. Thank you. Commissioner Alexander and the Commissioner Shu. Um, thank you so much, uh, Michelle, for your work on this. I know it's been challenging. Um, and I've been, as you know, one of the big proponents of uh, diversity on the PAC and the PAC really representing our parents um, and, the, and the true diversity of SFUSD parents. 
at the same time, I am concerned about the um, sentiment that folks may be feeling excluded from the pack. And so I guess I just would like to make sure, thank you for the update on the, on the slate. I would like to make sure that that issue gets addressed. I mean, I know some people have applied who really want to serve our districts out of good intentions. And so it's what I don't want to have happen is a situation where somebody um, feels like they're being excluded on the basis of, of race or any other criteria for, for that matter. I mean, that, that's not how we want to operate. I mean, frankly, in my view, if we need to expand the size, why not do that, right? If we've got people that want to serve. Again, I don't know what your what the capacity is, but I just think, um, so I just want to raise that. But then the second point or question I had was maybe for board leadership just around like what's, I know that we had sort of said there was this issue of the advisories that we hadn't addressed. Um, and if there's any updates on that, because I just think it's also really critical that we think about the pack in the context of our larger, all of our advisories. Um, I know we have advisories that are, that are designated for particular um, cultural groups, but then some, some have them and some don't, and that's a point of confusion, I think. So I just think there's a lot of related issues here, that I, and I really, I really think that as a board, you know, I've heard all of us talk about wanting to, to kind of bring folks together and ensure that everyone's voices are at the table, and I think um, just from a leadership lens, I just want to make sure that that's what we're doing and we're not kind of contributing to feelings of divisiveness, because I know that's not anyone's intention. I know that's not your intention, Michelle. But I, so I just want to raise that before before any slate is brought forward to the board. I will answer first around the advisory committees. As when we voted upon um, the updated rules and policies and procedures for the governance of the board, um, it was deemed that um, those updated policies and procedures did not address two particular items that the ad hoc committee had talked about. One is around public comment, and second is around our advisory committees. And um, as we had discussed that evening, the ad hoc committee will uh, come back um, and do that work specifically related to looking at our advisories district-wide, um, really landing on um, the goals um, outcomes and process and overall procedures, as well as for public comment. But we also are engaging deeply um, in community um, engagement for uh, responsive and feedback to the organizational mission values um, and goals. And so as we have 20, 20 community engagements over the next two weeks. And so that ad hoc committee will pick up um, its work um, in mid-October and per our new policies and procedures, each ad hoc committee that gets deemed has also a time limited um, for the execution of their work and recommendation. And at this time, um, the recommended time frame is to make um, those recommendations back to the board um, by mid-December. So that will give you a sense of the time frame that we've, and again, the commissioners of that ad hoc committee, Commissioner Matomedy will continue to chair that with commissioners um, Sanchez and Vice President Bogus serving on that committee, continuing with, with their work because they 
hit it out of the park and delivered on what they needed to take to present to the board and just to um, really appreciate that heavy lifting um, of that ad hoc committee. And I, Lam, I'm sorry, um, I apologize, but um, was there a desire for me to respond to any of um, Commissioner Alexander's comments? I would like to you to um, respond at a high level around um, the questions related to. And I, and I didn't necessarily need a response, just to okay. be clear. I was more just raising that as a concern. Like, I, I guess I don't want to have a situation where a slate is presented to the board and then people feel excluded, like, because I don't think that's productive for any of us. So I just want to make sure that whatever challenges there are, they get addressed before it gets brought back to the board, I and guess was maybe my. Tonight, I just want to be clear, this is at this time, we are going to have questions related to the presentation. We are not going to engage in any further because it has not been presented. It's not on the agenda tonight. It is important that we stay within um, what is on the agenda. And I wanna keep this discussion focused. I'm actually gonna be uh, wrapping up after Commissioner Hsu's, um question or comment. Thank you, President Lim. Um, I have a question for Michelle. Who creates the criteria and process by which PAC selects its members? Do you want me to answer that or are we waiting until it's agendized? Yes, we are going to wait, Commissioner Shu. And I certainly will welcome questions from commissioners, Vice President Bogus and I will lead those discussions with Superintendent Wayne, as well as working with uh, our PAC coordinator. So please send along any questions that you would want to have answered. Okay, seeing none, additional questions or comments? Thank you, Michelle, for the presentation. We are now going to move into agenda item G, action items. Our first action item is a resolution to establish a calendaring process that supports students who wish to honor their cultural commitments, stay implement, um, implementing a 23-24 calendar until receiving process recommendations and stay implementation of the provisions of resolution number 22510A1, adopting additional holidays in the academic and instructional calendar. I'd like to ask for a motion and a second. So moved. Can you get a second? See you a second, please. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'd like to call upon um, Dr. Wayne, superintendent, to introduce a designee to read the recommendation into record. Uh, thank you, uh, Board President Lamb. Um, SFUSD is committed to acknowledging and recognizing days of cultural significance for members of the SFUSD community. Tolerance, inclusiveness, and respect for all people, cultures, and religious and spiritual beliefs are fundamental values championed by the City of San Francisco at all levels. And so acknowledging these days of significance can be achieved in different ways, including but not limited to recognizing days of cultural significance on the district-wide calendar. Um, on August 9th, the SFUSC began this process by adopting resolution number 22510A1 as amended to recognize the Eid al-Fatir and Eid al-Adha as school holidays in the SFUN 
uh, academic and instructional calendar starting in the 23-24 school year. Um, in adopting the resolution, it was requested that I establish a criteria for holidays in the SFUSD academic and instructional calendars. So in taking this inclusive equity-centered approach, I want to make sure we're having a clear process and timeline for adopting this, um, this uh, uh, criteria for determining a calendar and then asking for a stay on the resolution until that happens. But this resolution that we're bringing forward commits the district to finishing this process by January 31st to come forward with recommendations that can inform the development of the 23-24 school year. And we'll be doing an analysis that looks at best practices for communication around culturally significant holidays, for incorporating teaching and learning culturally significant holidays, for ensuring that students are not disadvantaged for lack of attendance on culturally significant holidays, and for determining how and when to determine what holidays should be added to the calendars based on the values of diversity, equity, and inclusion, student-centered outcomes, and compliance with the law. And um, so we present this for, uh, for you to ensure that we have uh, board um, support in this direction and to make clear to the community uh, the timeline for addressing these issues so that we may uh, incorporate the recommendations into the development of the 23-24 um, uh, calendar. And I do want to emphasize that, the imp that this resolution does not prohibit us from implementing any of the provisions of resolutions 22510A1 um, that apply to the, this current school year in terms of recognizing Arab uh, American Heritage Month, uh, as well as any other activities we may do this school year in support of culturally significant days for that community, as well as other communities. Thank you, Superintendent Wayne. I will now open it up for public comment. I know that we have um, more speakers um, that have submitted com comment cards, but I'm going to allocate up to 30 minutes for public comment. I highly encourage that you collaborate or combine your time. Uh, we have also uh, discussed um, the components of what's in the resolution uh, numerous times, and I will also be taking public comment virtually as well. So we will allocate 30 minutes total for in-person um, in public comment. Thank you, President Lamb. I'll be calling five speakers up at a time, so when you hear your name, please come up to the front of the podium and forgive me if I mispronounce any, any names. Fadi Salah, Liz Liebman, Sharif Zahut, Jim Harber, Haber, Basim Haj. I just want to remind everyone that 30 minutes we know will not fulfill every comment card if everyone speaks a full minute. So I highly encourage you to, um, to collaborate on your time. Thank you. Hello? Yes. Respectfully, Superintendent Wayne, President Lamb, and the board. On Christmas Day, many SFUSD students open gifts. How would you feel if those gifts were immediately snatched up? That's the feeling of Muslim families who were overjoyed with their decision to honor 
their religious holidays. Bowing to pressure from Islamophobic groups and individuals is in direct opposition to your mission for social justice. The Muslim families and students behind me need not choose between their education and their faith, while white majority religions in this country enjoy the privilege of not choosing. Support Muslim students, support equity. Uh, good evening, members of the Board of Education, Superintendent Wayne, and uh, student delegates. My name is Sharif Zakut. I was born and raised and live in San Francisco. I'm at the Arab Resource and Organizing Center. Um, we just wanted to say that, of course, we support a detailed process for any community to make it easier for them to actually um, have their holidays for San Francisco, but it should not come at the expense of the Arab and Muslim community. So really what we're saying is you should use Eid as an example for how other communities can also engage with this process. We ask that you please make a commitment to implement Eid, and I'd also like to request that we move up the student cards if possible. They are all marked student. Uh, many of them are voting. We'd love for them to speak. Thank you very much. So, Mr. Steele, please give Mr. Steele just a, a minute or two to make sure that we do call our student speakers first. Thanks for your patience. Hello. We're going to call student speakers first. Please allow Mr. Steele to bring up the speakers, student speakers first. Okay, I'll call five at a time. Uh, Sam Mozeb, Maweda Akalin, Sadin Alameri, Noor Benoud. Go ahead. Okay. Dear school board, my name is Aisha. I'm currently a sophomore at Galileo High School. For the past 13 years, I've been at school. I've never skipped. But when you see my attendance every year, there's always one excused absence I gain. I have to be reprimanded and marked as gone just to be able to celebrate a religious holiday. I'm here speaking to you guys, delaying my AP World homework to get you to listen to all of us when we say make Eid an official holiday in the SFUSD calendar. Muslims may be a minority, but we matter. The SFUSD is a space that heavily emphasizes being diversity driven, but that is not the case here. Because if it was, I wouldn't be here. Eid to us is Christmas to you. How would people feel if they had to wake up groggy Christmas mornings, upset that they have to go to school instead of spending time with family? Show the Muslim and Arab community that you are about your words and that you indeed want a space where everyone is equal. Thank you. Hi, my name is Sally. I'm part of Francisco Middle School. We have been coming here for the past last year, but I feel the district is not taking us seriously. If the district wants to commit to a social justice mission, they have to defend our resolution and make a clear commitment today to defend it. We will support the district as long as we are included. Hi, my name is Morden. I'm a student at KIPP San Francisco Bay Academy, and I would like the School Board of Education to turn back on its commitment to making it an official school holiday. We have been coming here 
for the past year, but we feel that the district is not taking us seriously. I feel like Eid is important because we celebrate, which means a lot to us Muslims, and we want our Eid victory to be protected from racist attacks from outside, and you should stay true to your word. Thank you. Hi, my Hi, my name is Sudeen and I'm the student and I'm a student of Kip SFA Academy. I would like to I would like the school board of education to not turn back on its community to make it an official school holiday. And we have been coming here for the past last year. I'm tired of coming to the district just to make it just to make it a holiday. It should have been a holiday a long time ago, and it's not fair towards us Muslims. Hi, my name is Noor. I am a student from New Traditions. Every day, I have to skip school to celebrate this this day with my family. Why would you take this holiday away from us? It is disrespectful that you keep changing your mind about applying aid as a holiday. As a as a board member, commitments. Why are you making this? more complicated than it can be. My name is Sam. I go to Bessie Carmichael Middle School. I was so happy to see Aid was going to be celebrated in my school. I felt mad when I heard they, that they might, they might take our Aid away. Please give us the read. Why do other people get holidays but not us? Hi, my name is Hamza, and I'm a member of Gateway Middle School. Hi, my name is Hamza, and I'm a member of Gateway Middle School. Not going back on your commitment is a simple step to support Muslim families and move SFUSD closer to a social justice mission. We have already demonstrated how much Muslim and Arab communities, like many others, are struggling during this time. We support a process for implementation, but do not sideline all our hard work. There's no reason for any more delays to implement aid. Thank you. Hello, everybody. My name is Jamal, and uh, I'm uh, I'm a student. Uh, uh, I'm a student, and I would like uh, the school board educa of education uh, to not uh, turn back uh, on its uh, commitment uh, making aid an official school holiday. Thank you. Uh, my name is Ahmed, and I'm a member of Gateway Middle School. I would like the School Board of Education to not turn back on its commitment to making it an official school holiday. Why are you making this more complicated than it needs to be? Why is something as simple as celebrating Eid made controversial? Why is it when Muslims or Arabs win anything we are attacked? Um, my name is Tom Fizal Hakim. I'm a student at Gaming Middle School. We have been coming here for the past year, but we feel that the district is not taking us seriously. We want our aid victory to be protected against racist attack from outsiders. My name is Soeb Alamari, and I am a student at Kip SF Bay Academy. In my opinion, I feel like Kip Eid should be a holiday because other cultures have many holidays. Us Muslims only have Eid in Ramadan. Eid is only for one day of the school year. 
and for Ramadan, we have to fast 31 days from sunrise to sundown. So we deserve to have Eid as a holiday. Thank you. Great, just checking, is that all the students? All right, so if there's an adult that I already called, you can come back to the podium. Hi, my name is Hi, my name is Liz Liebman, and I'm a member of Jewish Voice for Peace Bay Area and the San Francisco Swana Democratic Club. I implore the School Board of Education not to turn its back on its commitment to make Eid an official school holiday. We all want an accessible process to recognize everyone's religious and cultural holidays, but this process should not come at the expense of Muslim and Arab communities. This backlash is, a, is racist and Islamophobic. As a white Ashkenazi Jewish person, it is upsetting to me to see that the JCRC and other groups have decided that instead of advocating for our holidays as well to be recognized, they are instead opposing Eid. JCRC and the caller earlier do not speak for most Jews in San Francisco. Revisiting this decision and potentially undoing it is emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and even physically harmful to Muslim and Arab families. The superintendent and the Board of Education must honor their commitment to implement Eid by the 23-24 school year. Thank you. Hello, my name is Jim Haber. I'm a San Francisco Jewish member of the society. And I'm not threatened by another culture or religion taking a step and getting you to approve their holiday in the calendar. And if the Jewish Community Relations Council couldn't succeed at doing it, they could have taken uh, positive steps instead of negative steps. So please do your process. And of course, you have to implement Eid first, or it would really be exposed as the Islamophobic attack that, that you know, it is. Um, so please carry, carry through. And the JCRC has a history of dishonesty. They attack people. and organizations like Zara Balu of CARE, and so this is not new. It's, it's scary because of what California did to the ethnic studies process. It's, it's, so I really wanna believe in the school district that you will follow through in the positive way. Um, don't bow to their pressure. Be the best of San Francisco, our children deserve it. Thank you. Hi, members of the school board. Uh, my name is Wasim. I'm with the Arab Resource and Organizing Center. So if you've detected a little bit of agitation uh, in the crowd today, um, I, I don't think that should come as much of a surprise. I think this is maybe the fourth or fifth time these students have been here on a school night to ask for the same thing that they got and they won, and now they don't have it anymore. I work with these kids and their families in the Tenderloin every day, every week. and. All their families were like, yeah, hell yeah, we got Eid. That's fucking amazing. Excuse me for my, for my language, but they, they, were, they were extremely, extremely happy. And then now we have to tell them, well, there's a complicated lawsuit and there's this new resolution that's, that's kind of strange and we have to come in and, 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 and really make sure that these people listen to us again. Um, so if, if the youth are sitting here and, and feeling agitated, that's because I think that they are. I think that it's kind of apparent how disrespectful, how Islamophobic, how racist this process has been so far to come over and over and over again uh, and to, you know, sort of 
leak out your trauma, leak out the sort of racism that you have to experience as an SF Unified School District right. student. And then at the end of the day, be told, you know what, good job guys, but come again, try again. We look forward to seeing this resolution pass and we look forward to working with y'all on implementation of aid as soon as possible. Thank you so much. I'm gonna call the next uh, set of speakers. Have I called your name already? Uh, no. Okay, so I'm, I'm calling names out in the process. Okay. Thank you. All right, Chris Klaus, Karen uh, Fleshman, Alita Fisher, Sammy Kitmit, I'm sorry, I can't read their last name, Lujain Sala, Bushra Alabsi. I'm Chris Klaus, a SPED teacher from Washington High School. I've spoken many times in support of establishing Eid as a school holiday. I'm disappointed that after all of the advocacy and determination demonstrated by SFUSD students, that the board is considering forcing this holiday through a new approval process. Eid was going to be put on the calendar for next year, but now it has to go through a new process? Will other already established holidays be put through this as well? If not, then why are the Muslim and Arab communities being single, singled out? Part of this is a response to a legal challenge. My suggestion, do what needs to be done to bring the Eid resolution back as something you can vote on, pass it, then put currently unrecognized holidays through the new process. Don't go back on your word. Teach our students an appreciation of other cultures by leading by example and showing that appreciation. If that results in a longer school year, well, that might help to cut down on losses in student progress over summer breaks and save families some childcare expenses over summers at the same time. Thanks. I'm Karen Fleshman. I'm an SFUSD parent and a candidate for Board of Education. And I'm here tonight to stand in solidarity with my Muslim siblings to ask that the Board of Education honor the resolution you passed on August 9th and establish Eid al-Fatir and Eid al-Adha as official SFUSD holidays beginning in the 2023-24 academic year. As Commissioner Alexander stated in the August 9th resolution, there are many reasons why SFUSD should act now, including that other school districts with large groups of Muslims recognize these holidays as important to an inclusive school community. At a time of rising Islamophobia and white Christian nationalism, it is imperative that the SFUSD Board of Education create psychological safety for Muslim students and families. Recognizing Eids as official school holidays affirms and values the Muslim community and is something we should all support. Commissioners, you spent a whole lot of this summer working with a consultant that our district paid a lot of money to have here, spent a lot of hours in ad hoc committees. You came up with procedures and you said you were going to stop writing policies and procedures. You were going to stop writing resolutions, is what you said. And here we are with another resolution. We have a calendar committee already. If you want to affect change, you don't need a resolution. What you need to do is update the administrative regs for board policy one through, uh, 5113 and just add the calendar committee in there. Boom, done. If we want to add more holidays, great. That would be amazing. You've made commitments. This goes against all of the commitments that you have already made. We've talked through these things in many, many, many meetings already. What we should be talking about right now, empower. 
all the public comment you just heard was about empower. Thank you, Dr. Wayne, for the high level update. But why don't we have people sitting here giving us presentations about the details, about what's going on with our employees. Parents wanna know, employees wanna know. That's what you should be talking about right now. Thank you. Hello, my name is Sammy. I'm a San Francisco resident with Jewish, Christian, and Muslim heritage. I'm here to request that you, um, that as you pass the resolution, you commit now uh, to keeping the Eid as a school holiday. I'm an education researcher and, and in my field, we are constantly talking about reviewing and reaffirming the importance of the socio-emotional health of students. And we know that cultural responsiveness is key to student social-emotional health and a culturally responsive school calendar is an important component. Yet you're now engaged in a process attacking the health of students. When you signal that you were going to rescind your past resolution recognizing the Eid holiday, you are giving voice to open and veiled Islamophobic racist narratives. You have a simple fix. As you pass your resolution today on how to expand the school calendar to be culturally responsive, give your commitment to maintaining Eid as part of the 2023-24 calendar. Hi, my name is Lujain Al-Saleh, and I'm a resident of Oakland and member of the Arab Resources and Organizing Center. I'm here today to call on the school board to commit to making Eid an official school holiday. While I started my elementary school education in Indiana, my school recognized Eid, which allowed me to celebrate with my family without the fear of being marked absent. Surprisingly, when my family moved to California, I was disappointed to learn that my school would not recognize Eid and was consistently marked absent, or tardy as I often felt pressured to return to school right after Eid prayers in the morning. When the Eid resolution passed last month, I was so excited to see that the school district was adding Eid to the academic calendar and supporting Muslim students in this way. As a school district that prides itself on ra racial justice and inclusivity, it is crucial that the school board continues to support Muslim students and families and sets the precedent to honor the cultural and religious practices of all students at SFUSD. Thank you. Hi, my name is Bushra Lagsi. I am a teacher and a mother. Also, I am the one I bring all these kids here. Just drive me crazy. I hope I'm not gonna do it again and again. I hope you guys like, just pass this. And you know, I was here. We, this is my third time is being here, and I, this is my first time also to speak because I am kind of the person I, I don't really like to speak, but uh, I like to be a voice for kids. And then bringing the kids here, and then they drive us crazy down there because why did you bring us? Again, they passed the last time. What did you bring out? Because in the last time we were like, we celebration, we did like, we just like got like virus everywhere. So we pass it, they pass it. And then they didn't think, are I talking to them? Oh, we need to go back again. They said, no, they already passed it. Why do you bring us back here again? I said, I know they pass it, but we just want to guarantee it right now. So I want you guys just to, in the last time as a parent and as a teacher and as a worker among like the, uh, multicultural kids in the tender lines, please do not go back with your word and pass that, please. Thank you so much, you guys. I appreciate you guys. Okay, I have a few more cards. I'm not certain if I called you already, so I apologize if I did. I got a little jumbled for a second. Um, Yasmin, Little Ramadan, Nimu, Noor, Buhasun, and Wasin, hey, so if, I, if, I, if you haven't speak, spoken already, you can come on up. Test? Okay. 
make social justice a reality is what one of the posters says right outside of the lobby. And as I stared at it, I couldn't help but think of the Arab and Muslim exception. The exception to social justice, the exception to equity, the exception to legal protection, and the exception to inclusion. The Arab and Muslim exception is why we are here today again in this room. And all we ask today is that this racist and Islamophobic exception, exception comes to a halt because our community is absolutely tired of being singled out. We're simply asking you to honor your commitment and make social justice a reality, as your poster says. Thank you. Hi, good evening. My name is Lana. I've been a community member of the Bay Area for the past 10 years. Uh, there's a common saying that as California goes, so does the rest of the nation. This is a unique opportunity for SF to be a beacon of inclusivity and justice for the a community that has historically been marginalized, targeted, and experienced hate. Um, Sidelining the Muslim community after this huge win will not only tarnish our reputation as an equity-minded community, but it will brand all of our public schools as dismissive of community concerns around racism and hate. Thank you. My name is Dima Hindawi. I've come up here before. I wasn't here when the resolution passed, and thank you for passing the resolution. And we were getting ready to celebrate passing the resolution. And um, now we are trying to see where it goes. And it's super important to our community members. I was a SFUSD alumni. I have talked about before how important it was for me um, and how hard it was for me as a student to miss school. And you've heard a lot of experiences of different people, of parents, of staff. You've also heard experiences from current youth. And shout out to the youth for coming here today. And so exciting watching it virtually um, as so many of the youth was, were here until late. And it it's also, um, comes to an expense of the Arab and Muslim community when we're looking at uh, rescinding this resolution. And thank you so much and have a good day. That concludes in-person public comment. There are four and a half minutes remaining for the allotted time. Please raise Please raise your hand if you care to give public comment on the calendaring process. We will have a each speaker will have one minute and we have a total of 15 minutes. Can we please have that repeated in Spanish and Chinese? Buenas noches. Por favor, levante su mano si quiere emitir una opinión sobre el calendario. Tenemos un tiempo total de 15 minutos, un minuto por persona. Gracias. 大家好,現在是我們網上發表意見的時間,如果我們總共有15分鐘,每人1分鐘的,如果是你需要發表意見,麻煩你按個舉手鍵,多謝你,thank you. Thank you. Sarah? Sarah? Okay. Uh, yes, go ahead, 
All right. My name is Sarah, and I just want to say how unfair and unjust it is that the board keeps changing its mind on making a the school holiday. We've been tirelessly and consistently attending school board meetings to talk about how important aid is for Muslim students. Why are Muslim and Arab kids always being singled out, even for something like a celebration? It's biased. Implementing aid is important. Please support Muslim kids and let us move on to other issues like paying our teachers and staff. Thank you. Thank you. Amani? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Hi, my name is Emmanuel Bari. I'm a San Francisco resident. And I'm just really appalled that the San Francisco School District is going back on its word on um, allowing Eid to be a holiday for the kids. Um, you have to understand Eid is the equivalent of Christmas for Muslims. And as many of the students said that they're having to be absent to go and celebrate that holiday with their families and their friends. I just find it appalling that we're in 2022 and these same students that are here up on the podium are the same students that are gonna be in your clinics. They are your doctors, they are your lawyers, they are your artists, they are your engineers. And I just wanna remind that Arabs and Muslims of your universities and your schools and your professionals. And the fact that you're not recognizing their holiday is Islamophobic and racist. But then you want us to save their lives and be a part of your work system. So what is it that you want? You need to represent us in your schools because we're a part of this country too. Thank you. Thank you. Samudra? Hello, my name is Samudra and I'm an Oakland resident who's graduated from Rooftop K-8 and Lowell High School, both which are in SFUSD. And I would like the Board of Education to follow your commitment to making Eid an official school holiday. You've already passed this resolution, so the Board of Education should be defending this win for the Muslim community. This compliance contributes to a racist backlash against our Arab and Muslim brothers, sisters, and kinfolks in San Francisco. Eid is the only holiday being singled out in this resolution. This goes against SFUSD's commitment to racial equity and sets an extremely problematic example for the entire city and greater Bay Area community. And our community here has clearly spoken. The superintendent and everyone at the Board of Education must honor your commitment to implement Eid by the 2023 school year. Thank you. Lara? Hi, my name is Lara Kiswani and I'm the executive director of AROC, the Arab Resource and Organizing Center. I just wanna say the state the obvious, which is that this entire process has been extremely disrespectful to our community. And that the fact that you all are held hostage by racist and Islamophobic lawsuits speaks to a bigger issue in the city of San Francisco and what's needed in order for us to ensure that we're protecting communities most impacted and not allowing ourselves to have to cave to racism across the board. The least you all can do tonight is ensure that you will in fact respect our communities moving forward 
and implement Eid in the 23-24 school year. Let the community know that they have been heard and seen and that they will not have to continue to engage in a process that's been extremely disrespectful any, any further and continue to support all students in inclusivity, but do not single out Eid in the process. Thank you. Thank you. Kelly? Kelly? Oh, can you hear me now? Yes, go ahead, please. Hi, good evening. Uh, my name is Kelly, and my, gr my grandchildren are actually in your school district. And um, as a Muslim, not an Arab, but uh, my grandchildren are half. It uh, it would seem to me that it would be the best um, solution would be to actually do as uh, the uh, the Jewish woman said is that that we should actually look to also include other holidays into the schedule. And I see that the board had made the correct vote to allow these children. Um, to have their holidays because it's it's very painful for the children to to get up on Naid morning and there's gifts and there's prayers and there's all kinds of wonderful things and and in order for them to partake they have to take a day off school and just as the um, the the Jewish lady said is that the the persons that are raising the lawsuit should be focusing on the fact that this is groundbreaking and that they could also use this platform to. Um, you know, further the agenda for their children to also have the enjoyment of having the holidays off. So I ask that the board rescind your recension and please give these children that day. Thank you. Thank you. Ina? Yes, my name is Ina, and I have a little different point of view. I, I do commend the board for deciding to have a process for holidays and for recognizing the Muslim and Arab cultures as important. However, um, one of my concerns is money. Um, this board uh, cut services and cut staff this year, and I haven't heard from anyone what it costs to have a holiday. Um, if, we, if we have these important holidays, um, we're also going to have other important religious holidays if you decide to do that. And um, I figure it must be at least $100,000 a day. So you're going to be up into at least a half a million dollars or more. And this board, this a district, has an enormous deficit. The other thing is um, these are religious holidays. There's a cultural component, but uh, these are religious holidays. And there is an important question as to whether it's constitutional to establish a religious school holiday in California. Thank you. Thank you. Joseph? Hi there, can you hear me? We can. Thank you, my name is Joseph Swice. I'm the vice chair of the Human Rights Commission. Passing the EAD resolution was a milestone of what happens when our community mobilizes and this board is threatening to take that away from us. I've been with the city long enough to know when thorough stakeholder engagement has been conducted, when something is bad policy or just plain discrimination to our immigrant families. This approach is simply the latter. Just because the census counts as white 
doesn't mean there won't now be hundreds of families speaking up at these meetings and future elections until Arab, Swana, and people of color feel like the school district finally listens to them. Please honor your commitment to implement Eid by the next school year and simultaneously create a process moving forward. Don't put Eid on pause and do not give in to bullying from a small group of individuals. The HRC, the Human Rights Commission alone, hosted two public hearings on this matter and we never limit public comment on important issues. Please listen to what your stakeholders are saying. Thank you. Thank you. Latoya. Good evening, thank you again. Um, as a SFUSD parent and as a proud Christian woman, I would like to ask for you to uphold your decision on August 9th and leaving Eid as a holiday. I would also like for you to consider um, not just the Civil Rights Act of 1964 that says not to discriminate against someone's race, color, religion, creed, culture, et cetera. Um, and I would also like you to consider the fact that if this, like the person said earlier, if it were Christmas, this would not even be a conversation. So please, let's be inclusive, let's be equitable, and let's put our personal feelings aside and respect that this community, whether it's re religious or a cultural belief, deserves to have Eid as a recognized SFUSD holiday. Thank you. Thank you. Lisa? Hello, my name is Lisa Lopez. I'm a community member and former uh, classified employee of SFUSD. Um, as a SFUSD employee, I attended many um, anti-racist practices trainings as well um, as trainings that um, kind of encouraged us to push back on white supremacy culture. And that's why I'm here today in support of the Muslim community, Muslim students within SFUSD. They deserve to have Eid um, off and honored as a religious holiday. And I urge the board to be critical, even though I, doesn't, I don't think it takes that much critical thinking to realize that the pushback of them, uh, Muslim communities being honored or Eid being honored um, as Islamophobia. And so I thank the youth for coming and being brave today and speaking out against the board. And I urge the board to really stand by their word and being um, anti-racist and pushing back against white supremacy culture. Thank you. Amro, Amro. Good evening, board. Um, my name is Amro Radwan. I'm a former immigrant rights commissioner in the city and county of San Francisco. I'm a small business owner in San Francisco and a parent of two girls. Um, again, as a Muslim growing up in America, I've always had this feeling of being left out. I think it's important for our community to feel included. Deciding between going to school or to an Eid prayer was a challenge on many levels. I hope that you as the board sees the value of awareness that we as Muslims exist. I hope that the district will not cave and will have the courage to stand up against the Islamophobic pressure. I also hope that you will commit to the Eid resolution and honoring our community. I wanna voice my support of Eid to be an official school holiday. Thank you. Thank you. Soha. 
Hello, my name's Abdullah and I go to Kip San Francisco Bay Academy. Please respect and honor our wish and your last decision to celebrate our tradition. Thank you, SVSD. Thank you. Nora? Hello, my name is Nora Abdullal, and I'm a Muslim youth case manager here in San Francisco, and I am here echoing uh, the demands of others to not backtrack on their aid resolution. Um, I'm echoing the demands of students, families. This is a grassroots-led effort coming from the Muslim community. So I encourage you to prioritize the psychological safety of students by not caving into racist, Islamophobic backlash. Um, as someone that was brought up in San Francisco Unified, I too would come to the Board of Education um, advocating for my community and time after time again, the board has caved into racist backlash. Um, you are sending a message to students and families here um, that when you say uh, there aren't enough Muslims in the district, you are saying that you view them as a statistic and that you view them insignificant. So again, I encourage you to not backtrack um, on your promises to the Muslim community here. And I yield my time. Thank you. Bro, why are you? President Lamb, that does conclude the amount of time uh, for virtual public comment for this item. Thank you. Thank you to the public that's provided comments tonight. Uh, we do have an open motion and a second on the floor. I'm going to open up um, for discussion with colleagues. We are gonna go round robin um, at, and you'll have up to two minutes um, to provide comments, questions. Um, and I'm going to start with Vice President Bogus to my right. Uh, thank you, President Lamb. Um, I, I guess I wanna start by just saying thank you for all the people who came out and who gave public comment today. Um, just a lot of appreciation for you for um, giving your input and your feedback kind of on what we're doing in the direction that you think we should take. Um, and just want you to know that we're, that we're listening and I think trying to figure out the best ways to, to move forward. Um, I think one of the things that is difficult for me as a commissioner on the school board is that a lot of what we do isn't strictly about the outcomes, but about the process that we actually have to go to get to a decision um, and the steps that kind of have to be taken for us to reach a decision that is um, above people challenging it um, or questioning our motives um, with us being political figures. Um, and so I just say, I think with this, this is uh, for me is, is really about how we as a board follow a process that's led through staff and that allows the educational expert, experts that we have paid to do the, the legwork um, and to kind of help us figure out what the best decision is forward. Um, and so that, that's reflective of, of why I'm, I'm gonna support the, the resolution the superintendent is, is putting forward. Um, and, and definitely understanding the concern from community around they're not being certainty or not being clarity. And I think the thing that I would say to you is I definitely understand the frustration and the concern that that creates for you. Uh, but for us as a board, 
the best practice of having our staff lead the way with the research and the explanations and the justification allows us to have a stronger decision-making process and have our decisions uh, be less scrutinized uh, by the law or by other people um, in the public. And so I, I would just, I would say those words um, and, and really invite everyone to participate as much as they can in the, the process that we have coming forward. And I will stop. Thank you. Um, I'd like to echo this, a lot of the same sen sentiment. Um, I sit here, I do want to acknowledge that I, I sit here in part because of a series of highly visible court losses involving the last board. And as a parent, I watched the district un unnecessarily enter and prolong avoidable lawsuits, I felt. And the calendaring process really isn't best embarked upon by the board. It is the role of the superintendent and the administrator. And I agree with earlier comments about, you know, thank you for turning out. There's nothing in this timeline that gets in the way of consideration of holidays in the future. Um, but I also acknowledge, you know, we've got Empower, we've got educator staffing and retention, we have payroll and HR staffing, curriculum coherence, SPED settlements and staffing, literacy, career and college readiness. So as far as the board's focus, calendaring is an administration, is administrative function of the district, and I support the resolution and what it is attempting to do. It reflects our communities and our curriculum and instruction, including testing and meeting scheduling and establishing criteria for inclusion of observed holidays. This aligns with what I've been asking for for the last several months, and I agree that this shouldn't be complicated and it shouldn't require board intervention. And I am so sorry that it's been so difficult for this community to interact with um, this board and with the administration to get clarity on what the process should be. But here's the issue, I believe in good governance, so whatever we adopt today, I want to ensure that does not take us down the past, um, the path of losing lawsuits. I don't want um, the community that we're saying we're supporting to be harmed by, by losing a, a you know, constitutional lawsuit um, or run afoul of state law when we don't have to. We can put forward a process that we can, that's defensible um, and that makes sense. One question that I do have that I would like to understand is this resolution calls for staying of the resolution. So what happens in January after the superintendent's res recommendations come back? I wanna understand what exposure we have at that time. I want to begin by, oh, Um, yeah, so we'll be coming back with the recommendations for the criteria, and as you said, it's staff work to then uh, work with our labor partners and other constituents to finalize a proposed agenda, and then it's the board's job to adopt that agenda, uh, that, uh, sorry, that calendar. Um, uh, sorry, let me say that again. It's, it's staff's job to work with um, our labor partners and other constituents to bring forward a recommendation for the calendar. Uh, the board ultimately adopts the calendar. So after uh, bringing forward our recommendations for what criteria we'd, we'd use to develop, 
we would, um, and the process we'll use, we'll go through that in a very timely manner because we know we don't want the calendar to come out in April or May. Uh, and then when we bring it forward, the board would uh, approve it. And so um, you will have a chance to see the, the proposed calendar for 20, the recommended calendar for 23-24 and take action on it. Can I just, the, the first question was how does staying the resolution work? Like what happens, and perhaps this is, yeah, general counsel, what happens upon, you know, when we get the recommendations from the superintendent? So it's difficult to say without seeing what the recommendations will be. So there, I don't wanna get into hypotheticals, but what I can tell you is that we will need to be clear at the time we bring you back uh, criteria and recommendations, what the impact is on this resolution. Go ahead, Senior Delegate Hansen. Um, I want to begin by saying that every student should feel like they belong in SFUSD. Every community should feel like they are being seen in SFUSD. No student should feel like our school district is not uplifting them and celebrating them and their diversity. The aid resolution was introduced originally by an SFUSD student. We have seen, although there's arguments that there's not a big enough Muslim pop student population to grant this holiday off, that this resolution is student-led. This is being fueled by students who are asking the district to recognize them. I think that we can establish a criteria to implement culturally significant holidays while also simultaneously abiding by our decision to recognize Eid. The Muslim community who went through the correct steps at the time to introduce a resolution deserve the space and time free from academic burdens to celebrate a cultural holiday as was agreed upon at a prior board meeting. We currently have many commonly Western celebrated holidays on our calendar, while many other culturally significant holidays are underlooked. The Muslim community deserves to have SFUSD fully commit to their promises of recognizing Eid as a cultural holiday. We as a district value diversity, equity, and inclusion, which are all things that the Eid resolution provides. But, we, but what we also value is accountability. The district needs to remain accountable in their decision to recognize Eid as a culturally significant holiday. Through that action, we show that we value equity, inclusion, and diversity in our schools. The recognition of Eid is what the Muslim community has been asking for for a while. I understand that the worries that by recognizing Eid, we have to discuss why other communities are not being represented and celebrated in our schools. And I believe that that is a very necessary conversation that we need to have, but we should not be doing it at the expense of other communities. It is my belief that we can engage in this essential dialogue and, and propose different criteria options without foregoing the Eid resolution. If we say that we value diversity, we need to directly show that by acknowledging that with our district's diversity, we have a multitude of different identities and cultures that deserve to be uplifted. We need to start showing our values through our actions. Thank you. Unfortunately, we live in a very white-centric, Christocentric society, and because of this, we're given holidays like Christmas, a Christian holiday off, whilst Jewish holidays and Muslim holidays are not celebrated. And whilst I understand that the district has taken steps to decenter the religious nature of these holidays, such as calling our December break winter break, we must acknowledge the origins of this break. And near, namely, it was giving Christian students time off to celebrate religious holidays. And that's a luxury that has never been afforded to students of other religions in SFUSD, while it's still afforded to Christian students. Um, and I guess what I'm feeling most is frustration because it took over a year of advocacy from our Muslim students and families to pass resolution 22510A1, which made Eid a 
district-wide holiday. And so what I think is really hard to understand is why there wasn't a process made in that time. If it was, so, if it was such a concern, why wasn't the district proactive? Why did it take the district passing the resolution, then being threatened with a lawsuit to make a process? It's playing with the emotions of the Muslim community and other marginalized communities in the district. And now Muslim families and students don't know whether Eid will be a holiday next year, and they're going to have to wait another three plus months to find out whether it will be, after already waiting over a year. And in my opinion, it does not foster a sense of trust when we as a board continue to approve a resolution only to stay it a month later, which is following our pattern of flip-flopping from the past on issues like Lowell's admission system. And I do think that we need holidays, or we do need to be more inclusive of all communities. Um, when the resolution initially came up, I did talk about how I believe that we need to incorporate things like Jewish holidays. But I don't think that keeping Eid and keeping our commitment to making it a holiday for the next school year is mutually exclusive with creating a process. And so for that reason, I will be voting no on the resolution tonight, but I hope a process is des designated for holidays um, is proposed individually in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I too would like to appreciate the community for coming out yet again uh, to gain a much deserved observation of the Eid holidays. I'm so sorry that this has been necessary. Um, your advocacy is not lost on me. I supported the resolution wholeheartedly. Um, I understand very well the legal challenges that we're facing, so I'm prepared to support the resolution, but I do so feeling as though I'm held hostage by racist and Islamophobic forces who make up a minority of our forward-thinking city. I'm very sorry. I have a couple of questions first. So in resolve number three, um, additional, quote, additional holidays to the academic and instructional calendars, including those identified in resolution number 22510A1, shall be added only after the completion of the analysis described above and presentation of recommendation by the superintendent. Does this mean that there is a possibility the holidays identified in that resolution will not be added to the calendar after the process and criteria has been established? I'm just trying to clarify the language in the resolution. Uh, yes. Okay, so there is the possibility that the holidays named in that resolution will not be added to the calendar after the process and criteria has been. I just want to be very yes, clear. Commissioner Shu, I would call your attention to the, um, the clause inserted between commas, including those identified. So additional holidays, including those identified in the resolution, will okay. be added only after a completion of the analysis and the process described above. Got it, thank you. And does this resolution say anywhere that if any new holidays are to be added to the school calendar, the analyses must include legal, financial, operational, and family impact analysis? And if so, where does it say that? The resolution does not say that, but as we discussed, your board rules very clearly require now, um, as well arguably before, uh, but you've just revised those rules and they clearly require that before the superintendent bring a recommendation uh, to the board, that he shall include legal and financial analysis. And this resolution specifically includes an analysis of best practices. So all of those things will be included uh, when the recommendations come forward. 
Wonderful. Last question. Does this resolution say that once a process has been established and a set of criteria for evaluating new school holidays has been created, that all holidays already on our calendar will be reevaluated against that set of criteria? And if any does not pass, it would be removed from the calendar. So the resolution does not speak to that point. Um, as I think we've shared previously, the overwhelming majority of the holidays, uh, including those that had a religious origin initially, the overwhelming majority are actually mandated by state law. Um, so those would not bear, um, it would not be fruitful for staff to spend time analyzing those holidays. We're required to observe them. Um, but in terms of the, I think we have two, maybe three holidays that are not uh, required um, by state or federal law. And this resolution doesn't speak to whether or not we would analyze those based on the criteria. So can I recommend to the superintendent that, or, or do I make an amendment that says that once the process and criteria has been established that we reevaluate everything against that criteria, including the mandated, because I would assume that mandated by law should be part of the criteria. <laughs> yeah, so I think that if the board, since that part, since that section isn't, uh, isn't necessarily saying we will or will not do that, if the board just wants to provide that direction, we can incorporate that in the recommendations we bring forward. So the, uh, this is one we can seek uh, board consensus when uh, as approving, or as you take action on, uh, uh, on this resolution. So you don't need to make an amendment per se. I think first you can just, you can have a discussion and see in adopting the amendment, is it a shared understanding that this would include a review of all holidays? And if there's not that shared understanding, you can have a discussion and then perhaps propose an amendment. Okay, so what do we do now? So Commissioner like Hsu, I will pick up for that discussion. I know you're not complete with your, your questions accurately. And then, so I will then open it up for discussion after. So those were my questions. Can I have my two minutes of comment now? You can go ahead and, yes. Okay. All right. I'm glad to see that the board has recognized the need to establish a process and a set of criteria to evaluate requests to add holidays to our school calendar and have directed the superintendent to do so. That addresses my original objection to passing resolution 22510A1. Now I have a new concern, and that is the possibility of us being sued. This new resolution today does not rescind or vacate the previous resolution. And from the letter that we received from attorney Paul Scott, we are at risk of being sued if we pass today's resolution without rescinding resolution 225-1081. Therefore, I cannot support passing today's resolution without rescinding the previous resolution because it exposes our district to the risk of another lawsuit, the fourth one in two years. And when that lawsuit comes, we would have to expend financial and human resources to defend ourselves. Whether we win or lose, I'm not a lawyer, the lawsuit would take away financial and human resources from our focus, which is educating students. It would also signal to, signal to San Francisco that this board is no different than the last board of which three members were recalled. I thought we had all understood and agreed during our governance training in the past few months 
the focus on student outcomes, to not give away stop signs, to be fiscally responsible. Passing this resolution tonight without rescinding the previous resolution means that our governance training for the past months has been for naught. Therefore, I propose an amendment. Can I give you the language? Specifically in resolve number five, remove the sentence, the implementation of the provisions of resolution number 22510A1, adopting additional holidays in the academic and instructional calendar is hereby stayed. I'd like that to be replaced with, by adopting this resolution, we vacate resolution number 225-10A1. Just replace that first sentence. I'll go ahead. Commissioner. Is a motion on the floor? Yes, there's a motion. Requires a second. Yes, there's a second. Second. So we will now um, continue with the round robin, but because there's a new um, amend, a motion to amend, we will go through another round should um, colleagues wanna make comments. So we'll carry on with um, Commissioner Alexander. You can both comment on the um, amended motion on the floor as well as um, the original motion. And just to clarify, sorry, I thought our comments were supposed to be three minutes and mine's like two and a half. So, That's fine. I yes, I think so. Some of our other colleagues have yielded their extra time. So, okay. and I thought our new rule said three, but maybe I'm wrong about that. I'm trying to keep us. It oh, did. Mine's about yes. two and a half. Anyway, okay. I just named two minutes, so give us a little cushion. I like it. If I like we have that. additional discussion, I like that. Okay. Um, so, over a year ago, a student of ours at Raoul Wallenberg High School started a petition to have the Eid holiday recognized by SFUSD. She did this not to promote Islam or any other religion, as some of the opponents of this effort are claiming, but because her community was not being valued in SFUSD. And this board has heard a great deal of public comment about the various ways in which Muslim students in SFUSD have experienced discrimination and exclusion. On August 9th, this board voted to recognize the Eid holiday on our, in our academic calendar because we are committed to acknowledging and recognizing days of cultural significance for members of our community. Part of the reason for this is that research shows that an increased sense of belonging results in improved academic outcomes. It also reflects San Francisco values. As tonight's resolution says, San Francisco is a diverse and multicultural city where tolerance, inclusiveness, and respect for all people, cultures, and religious and spiritual beliefs are fundamental values. It's incredibly sad that in 2022 in San Francisco, someone is spending the time and money to sue us in order to stop this effort. They are deliberately misconstruing this as an attempt to promote a particular re religious faith, which is an absurd allegation. What's also unfortunate is that when our Muslim students and families raised this issue well over a year ago, there was no process or criteria in place to recognize days of cultural significance in SFUSD. And in fact, they were basically ignored by district staff. Ultimately, after a long period of getting no response from the district, they approached me and I agreed to sponsor the resolution the board recently passed. While I do not in any way condone the Islamophobic threats of a lawsuit that we now face, I do believe that tonight's resolution is the right path forward because it reflects what district staff ought to have done a long time ago. And I'm really grateful to our new superintendent, Matt Wayne, for taking leadership, taking this seriously, and putting forward um, this resolution tonight, which again, I think is, is what should have happened well over a year ago. Um, I understand that for our Muslim community, this, this may feel like a step backward, um, and I take 
responsibility personally for my inability to get our staff to take this more seriously last spring, um, which maybe could have resulted in a better process sooner. Um, and based on the turnout and eloquent public comment tonight and at our previous meetings, I know and trust that the community will hold us accountable for the outcomes of this process, which will conclude no longer, no later than January 31st of next year. Finally, I wanna say that ironically, this threat of a lawsuit, which can only reasonably be understood as an act of anti-Muslim bias, makes extra clear the need for more cultural recognition in SFUSD. Our San Francisco values of inclusivity for all are under attack. And we need to stand together in solidarity with our Muslim community and with all marginalized communities. I look forward to seeing the inclusive equity-centered process and criteria that the superintendent develops over the coming months. Thank you, Commissioner Weissman-Moore. Thank you. Um, I come into this space with humility and a commitment to ensuring that we do right by all of our community members, especially those communities that have been historically harmed by racist and xenophobic political undertones and overt tones. I also come into the space making sure that we center our obligations to the district as a whole. And I strongly believe that these two ideas, these concepts need not be pitted against each other. And I believe that the superintendent's resolution today, which by the way is a superintendent resolution, not a board resolution, presents us with an opportunity to engage in the process that we owe to the SFUSD community as a whole, which to be clear, absolutely and unequivocally includes the Muslim and Amemsa community. Earlier this month, we committed to a governance process and I believe that the superintendent re resolution honors that commitment. And I wanna be clear, similar to my colleague, Commissioner Alexander, that the need to do this is not because the community brought us something forward that was, that was wrong. Right? The burden is on the district to ensure that we are doing this the right way. And my hope is that the process that's before us can be both inclusive and build upon the work of the community here. So I support the superintendent's resolution as was initially proposed, as is proposed. I do not think, do you want me to, can I mention, I, I'll just say it now in, in, one, in my two minutes. I do not think that any amendments are necessary and that the commitment this resolution has to process that ensures legal compliance and the holding the resolution in abeyance until the work is done satisfies our legal obligations. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Weissman Ward. Um, I want to um, also express my thanks to the community that has been engaged um, with the district for a year. Um, our goal is for this, the district to have an academic calendar that celebrates the cultural diversity of San Francisco and creates the conditions for students to succeed academically. Um, both the EAT resolution and the current superintendent's resolution are demonstrations of our commitment to equity and inclusion. I believe this resolution, the superintendent's resolution, has two benefits. First, it puts the process in the hands of Dr. Wayne and the district team where operational matters like this belong. And second, it will result in a more equitable and inclusive academic calendar because the district team will be able to look at the calendar holistically. I too also take responsibility 
As the president of this board, uh, we have taken the board on a journey of towards governance. And while we have moved forward with our governance, we also need to ensure that we are representing in the best protection for the district and ultimately our students. I voted in favor of Eid resolution to show support and solidarity with our Muslim community. I want to be clear that my commitment to the Muslim community hasn't changed. I'm voting in favor of the superintendent's resolution because I realize we should have been more deliberate about our process for making changes to the academic calendar. And this gives us a chance to achieve both, creating an equitable and inclusive academic calendar and following the right process. I will now open for another round if there's additional comments. Yeah, I just wanna start off like Commissioner Shu said, I too am obviously not a lawyer. But I think it's important to give the context as well that student delegate Hansen and I as student delegates are not privy to any closed session information or counsel from the general counsel. And so I cannot speculate or speak to the validity of the lawsuit, but from an outside perspective, what it seems like is a threat of a lawsuit and just that a threat. And I really do not feel comfortable setting a precedent that as long as you threaten to sue us for something that we've done um, in good faith, in full confidence, that we are going to backtrack. And I think what we're doing by saying that the reason why we want to rescind this resolution is due to the threat of a lawsuit is setting that precedent and telling people that we will be forced and scared into rescinding actions that we've taken as a board. And so as far as the amendment of adding in that we are formally vacating this resolution, I'm not comfortable with. Commissioner Tomedy. I just had a, I had a clarification question for general counsel. Um, can you provide um, counsel on the difference between staying and vacating and what that, I, I understand like we're in, there's probably only so much you can state at this point, but just to, to give the public a sense and to give, to remind the board of our exposure. Um, so I think the easiest, you know, without giving you a, a legal analysis on the um, threatened litigation, but to your specific question about what's the difference between a stay and, and vacating, I, I think the easiest way to explain it is a stay is, um, is pausing. It, it, it's pausing the implementation of this resolution until some former act. And in this case, the act is going to be reviewing the criteria that the superintendent brings forward and his recommendations. Uh, vacating is making something as if it never existed. Um, so it's erasing it. It's not pausing it, it's, it's erasing it. it. Hopefully that helps. No additional comments. So I will call for a roll call on the amended resolution that is on, I'm sorry, um, amended um, motion on the motion. <laughs> Thank you. It's been a, a, an evening. So um, roll call. And then we will then take a, f a second vote on um, what was the original motion that was seconded, which is the um, superintendent's resolution. 
Oh, there is a direction about whether the recommendations I bring forward will be applied to all holidays, not just new holidays. General Counsel, do you have a recommendation? I think it would be helpful to hear a sense from commissioners if we have consensus and can move forward based on that, or if we actually need a separate motion because there isn't clarity from commissioners. Okay. So let's open for discussion around um, the question. Commissioner Shu, can you state that one more time for clarification? Want it to be very clear. Sorry. Um, I wanted to clarify. Um, or does does this resolution say that once a process has been established and a set of criteria for evaluating holidays has been created, that all holidays already on our calendar will be reevaluated against that set of criteria? I would like to see that happen. What about the rest of you? So if I could just clarify, Commissioner Shu, I think it's, I don't, it's not helpful, I think, to staff to have commissioners interpret the resolution. I think what would be helpful is just to understand, as you said at the end, what is your preference? Do you want us to review all holidays or are we only reviewing new holidays that have not traditionally been recognized in the district? Right, so my preference is that we review everything on the books and in the future against the same criteria and process that we're going to establish. Colleagues, we'll do round robin. Um, I'm going to start with Vice President Bogus. Uh, yeah, I think looking at all the holidays um, in this moment would be helpful to make sure we have consistency um, and fidelity kind of throughout the whole calendar holiday situation. I frankly haven't contemplated that. Um, I read it to be for consideration of additional holidays, but I have not comp contemplated, nor do I understand which holidays would be affected. Um, I do agree with Commissioner Shu that I think we should, for consistency's sake, also do the holidays that we currently have, but also along those same lines, I think it needs to be clarified how often holidays will be reevaluated, like if they reach the threshold for the amount of students who celebrate a certain holiday one year, does that mean that it's going to be on the calendar forever, or will it be reevaluated at a later date? I'm in favor of the amendment. That's a really, that's a really great comment, Kyle. I think we should do it yearly every time we create a calendar, reapply the criteria to everything. Commissioner Sanchez, can you repeat your comment, please? I'm in favor of the amendment. Is it? It is. The, it's a direction. Okay, direction. So you are, so Commissioner Sanchez, that you are in favor of. Um, examining the review, the review of all holidays, giving direction to the superintendent and staff, and as he deems with his staff. Yes, I agree as well. I also, I need a moment because this seems like a, like a not insignificant directional ask. So. Um, Commissioner, I know there have been some questions about how 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 are amendments treated under the Brown Act. Um, so I think we've clearly informed the. Uh, that's okay. Um, 
Commissioner Weissman-Moore, do you have a question of whether or not we can consider this amendment? I, I, do, I, have, a, I have a question about the, the, whether we can consider a specific request to take this direction, the, the, take this direction, which feels like a different, whether it's an amendment or whether it's asking what, let me try to explain. It feels like what we're asking that this quote direction feels a little bit more substantive than just direction from my perspective. It feels like a pretty significant issue. So even though it may not be asked and framed as a motion, I just wanted to make sure if we're talking about compliance with the law that we're dotting our I's and crossing our T's and. So um, let me see if I can answer your question. I, I think it's appropriate for the superintendent to take direction in this way. Um, I think if there is a, a question about whether or not we have full board support for this, it would be helpful to have an amendment. Um, but it sounds like we're reaching consensus to, um, to consider all holidays. So, uh, you know, I think we have the record of this hearing um, so that if we get into the process and somebody says, wait a minute, that's not what the resolution says, we can say, well, the board clarified what they meant in the resolution um, on the record. Commissioner Tommy. I just want to say um, this fear feels very far, moving far afield of core responsibilities for board work. Um, and the governance work that we're supposed to be doing around student outcomes and frankly, getting in power straight and doing all the other things. And I am increasingly uncomfortable that we're, our scope is creeping and I'm not really clear why the board is so deeply in the directives of the administrating of a calendar. I was already uncomfortable. The first resolution did not follow our own board procedures. I want to make that clear. The first resolution that was adopted did not follow board 9310. It did not get referred to budget. We did not have budget discussion before adopting it. On top of it, prejudging an outcome. So now we're working to correct through this resolution as a correction to a record that had not been built. And now we're moving into a whole nother space. And so as a board member, I am trying to get clarity on what is reasonable, how, how wide our lane is, or if we're wildly beginning to veer out of it again. So that is my concern. And I would like some clarity from superintendent and, and or fellow commissioners and their thoughts, um, even more so than the general counsel at this point. Um, I think providing this direction is helpful in the sense that, you know, this is, the, every year this is an item that ultimately comes to the board for approval. So giving, you know, getting clarity on where the recommendations uh, you know, what, what should be considered in the recommendations is helpful. I think the reason we're calling this, saying it can be at the level of direction because that's acknowledging this is more superintendent's work, so just providing direction on the superintendent's work. I appreciate the, you know, the mindfulness of roles and responsibilities, 
And so it's very clear it's my responsibility to, uh, and staff's responsibility to develop the, rec the criteria and the recommendations that will be used to develop the calendar that ultimately you will approve. But, but having some guidance from the board right now is appropriate. Difference. It's not ultimately we will approve, it's ultimately we will approve, revise, or reject. Well, first the recommendations, but then ultimately you approve the calendar. Like the calendar is brought before the board for approval. Commissioner Alexander and then Vice President Bogan. Yeah, just a small correction, Commissioner Motami, if I might. The, the reason the, the original resolution didn't go to budget committee was because the chief financial officer did an analysis and said there was no budget impact. And remember, we didn't meet that month. So then she said, if there's no budget impact, we can bring it back to the full board. So that's, that's why that happened. But the, I, I agree with your, your concern. And so I guess I want to say what I was understanding around this was that, um, that we were basically saying that the superintendent has the authority to say, hey, if, there's, if they do this analysis, right, they come up with criteria and they notice that an existing holiday is out of, it doesn't meet those or something, that the superintendent could consider that. But they don't have to. I mean, it's not. Right, just kind of saying to the superintendent, hey, don't ignore the other holidays, right? But I don't think I don't think we're saying you have to go and do a detailed analysis of every existing holiday and collect. I, I, at least for me, I, I didn't want to. I wasn't intending to say the board was telling you to expand the scope of this wildly, but rather to say, hey, look, we want to make sure that we have a consistent criterion process for all of our holidays. That was my understanding. I don't know if I. That's super helpful to me because I, I, I wasn't hearing it that way, so I don't know how it was landing with my fellow yeah, commissioners. Vice President Bogus. Yeah, I would say the same for me. I think a lot of it is understanding that there's mandated days off that kind of is a starting place and there's a few additional that we have. For me, it's just more about giving the superintendent direction that we want to figure out a solution to this whole situation as we examine this and to really kind of figure out what does it look like to kind of make all of these things work best. Um, but definitely not trying to direct the outcome, but really just say we want a process that is going to get us to a solution. So hopefully we won't have to revisit this um, in a similar way as we go forward outside of kind of our regular approving of the calendar. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to wrap up um, the discussion. Oh, go ahead. Um, sorry, again, like as since I'm not technically a full board member, I'm not sure what I'm allowed to ask of the general counsel, but I am curious to know if it is just a directive and not an amendment, is it even legally binding? Like would he have to do this directive if we were to tell him, the superintendent, to consider all holidays? I think I can answer that. Uh, so to the extent that resolution is legally binding, this is all about how, how much discretion the board is giving the superintendent to, to implement this work. And if I could just reflect back what I think I heard is that one commissioner, it's very, for Commissioner Hsu, it's very important to you that the process look at all holidays. But I didn't hear that from a majority of the board. From a majority of the board, I heard it's important that that's okay if, that the superintendent do that if he thinks in his best judgment um, that that is how to arrive at the outcome, but that he also has flexibility to perhaps not do that. I didn't hear a strong preference on the part of the board. So ultimately, it comes back to um, you know holding the superintendent accountable to implement the board's direction. It's not so much a legal issue in terms of um, whether or not, I, I hope we're not going to be taking legal action against the superintendent. May I, may I just, that's why I would rather this be an amendment, actually. So it's actually in the resolution that the work will be done. 
I'm going to wrap up. I really do want to lift up the importance of um, how we spend our time together in our board meetings. And while certainly the superintendent himself has said it would be helpful for direction, I also want to be mindful that we should not be taking up board time on directing on the superintendent how to do his job. So with that, um, I think we've had enough of that discussion to give at least to the superintendent a, a sense of where the board members are at. So I'm going to ask for the roll call on the amended um, motion first. So on the amendment? Oh, can we Wait, sorry, to clarify, this is on Commissioner Shu's amendment to vacate rather than stay, correct? Yes. Yes. Thank you for the clarification. All right, student delegate Hansen. Do we have do, someone read it before we vote again? Sure, uh, general counsel, do you have it? Commissioner Shu, I'm gonna invite you to correct me if I get this wrong. Um, so I think the language was by adopting this resolution, the board hereby vacates uh, resolution number and 22510A1. And that would be the first sentence of resolve number five. It would replace all of this. Right. No, no, oh, the sorry. last part. Just the first sentence. The first sentence, Thank right. You. Right. Okay. Student Delegate Hansen. Student Delegate Kenosta. No. <coughs> Commissioner Alexander. No. Vice President Bogus. No. Commissioner Shu. Yes. Commissioner Matamidi? Yes. Commissioner Sanchez? No. Commissioner Wiseman Ward? No. President Lamb? No. We will now take roll call vote. Oh, excuse me. Thank you, Mr. Steele. We will now uh, move, we will take a roll call vote on the original motion, um, which is the superintendent's um, resolution. Great. That's 229-20-SP1. Student Delegate Hansen? Student Delegate Knosta? No. Commissioner Alexander? Yes. Vice President Bogus? Yes. Commissioner Shu? No. Commissioner Matamidi? Yes. Commissioner Sanchez? Yes. Commissioner Wiseman Ward? Yes. President Lamb? Yes. Six eyes across. Thank you. Moving on to action item number two. Notice of intent to award a contract for high school task force consultant services to California's education partners, 229-20-B36. I'd like to ask for a motion and a second. So second. Dr. Wayne, I'd like to um, have you introduce um, and read the recommendation. Yeah, thank you, President uh, Lamb. And we have a brief presentation uh, on this item. Um, appreciate the opportunity to bring this forward. And felt like it was important to share with the community where we are because back in, uh, on June, in June, the Board of Education approved um, a resolution directing staff to engage in a process for a high school task force redesign and to ensure that that process was led independently um, with community input to bring forward recommendations to 
uh, myself and then ultimately the Board of Education. And so to share the, the steps we've taken to uh, bring on board an independent consultant to lead that process uh, and what the timeline will look like, look like more specifically uh, for the process this year, I'd like to introduce Davina Goldwasser, our Assistant Superintendent of High Schools, and Tammy Bedow, uh, Tammy Benow, sorry, <laughs> Tammy Benow, our uh, Director of the Innovation Lab uh, in uh, at the district. Okay, thank you. Turn on your mic. Turn your mic on, Davina. Just press the button. Here you go. Okay, take two. <laughs> um, good evening, everyone, and thank you for the opportunity to present this really exciting work. Um, we also have in the audience Matt Kellerman from Kellifers, um, listening as well um, to any feedback tonight. So just some background, um, in June 2020, the Board of Education approved a resolution to create a superintendent's task force to provide community-informed recommendations to improve district high schools. There's four main drivers for the creation of the task force. Number one, persistent achievement gaps, a need to understand how high schools are and aren't serving students well. Number three, a need for a review of admissions policies. And number four, a desire for deep community engagement and transparency on important district strategies. Next slide. The task force charge has four parts. Number one, gather input from the community on what it needs and wants from the district's high schools. Number two, understand and summarize the current portfolio of the district's high schools in terms of offerings and student outcomes. Number three, provide recommendations to the superintendent on ways to improve policies, practices, and programs for better student outcomes. And number four, examine admissions policies for both selective admissions and comprehensive high schools. Next slide. The task force members shall represent a diversity of perspectives on significant issues and may include education experts, school leaders, teachers, caregivers, student and civic leaders, business leaders, and nonprofit leaders. The task force shall exist for 12 months. The task force will have parity between SFUSD staff members and students, parents, and community members. So just some more thoughts on this. Um, we can go back to that slide. So our task force members will come with a wealth of experience, and so that's lived experience in our SFUSD schools as parents and guardians, as students, as staff. Um, but a role of the task force will also be to build common understanding, really ha having this be a learning group to first learn together around what are our college and career indicators, what is that North Star around our graduate profile, what are we striving for, and really coming to that common understanding um, before they start engaging with all of our high schools and um, really making sure that they're clear on where we're headed. Next slide. Per board resolution number 22524SP1, which was amended, the district shall provide necessary resources, including an experienced and independent facilitator, individual or entity, financial support, staff support, and access to data to support the task force's work. The independent facilitator shall actively manage the task force and provide volunteers with guidance on seeking the necessary research and content expertise, as well as making recommendations. Next slide. And, and oh, go ahead. Yes. In terms of the project overview and what the consultant will do. Jim, you like, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thanks. All right. <laughs> 
Um, in terms of the project overview and what the consultant will do, they'll work closely with the SFUSD uh, central office team. They'll manage the project. They'll facilitate the task force member selection. They'll engage the community, facilitate meetings, conduct research and analysis, and communicate internally and externally. Next slide, please. Just a little background on uh, selecting the consultant. So in June, the board resolution was approved. Then the um, request for proposals was announced in July and pub uh, developed, sorry, and then published in August 4th. August 10th, the superintendent held a webinar that gave an opportunity for potential potential proposers to question and uh, have a question and answer session. Then um, by August 28th, nine proposals were submitted. August 2nd, a panel uh, used a rubric to review and score the proposals, then selected three proposals for an uh, interview. And on September 6th, the panel interviewed three of those consultants and selected one for the contract. And part of the proposal, as well as the, the rubric that the panel used, was to look at the consultant's uh, background experience, their overall profile, and then the approach that they took to complete this work. Next slide, please. Background on the consultant group, Kellefor's Education Partners, which is a San Francisco-based independent consulting firm who will be the lead consultant, and they're working in conjunction with two other firms. The first one is Partners in School Innovation, which is also a San Francisco-based nonprofit organization committed to distributing patterns of inequity in education. They will lead the proposed community conversations throughout the engagement. The other partnership is with ABLE, a San Francisco-based education improvement firm that uses unique data to help school and district teams identify and address blind spots in their improvement strategies. They will generate reports presenting key data and provide technical assistance to support school and task force deliberations. Next slide, please. And a little bit about the specific approach that Califors will use to facilitate this process. They have three, three uh, markers of engagement. One of them is supporting rich conversations and discussions by the task force um, through skill facilitation, uh, which will uh, augment the task force's own expertise. Uh, and bring in experts as well, potentially in terms of key areas of high school improvement. Second, they will meet school communities where they are through data collection, analysis, community engagement that's been proven to bring school communities together to identify previously unseen patterns in student experience and performance. And finally, they will lift up and center the diverse voices of students along with families and caregivers and staff in SFUSD. All right, next slide, please. And just a little bit more detail about the community engagement process. So there are two key structures to the community engagement process in addition to the task force. One is structured examination 
of what they call looking at student journeys by various school communities and culminating in an examination of the journeys by the task force. The second form of community engagement are community conversations that will spark discussion across diverse communities. And that information additionally will be brought back to the task force. Next slide, please. And here's a timeline that illustrates how they will meet the uh, expectations in the one-year contract. And you can see throughout the timeline that you've got, again, these three groups working in conjunction with each other, the task force, the community conversations, and the student learning journeys. All of those are methods in which um, they will gather information to help make the recommendation. And the first marker of the process is in April that they will be prepared to meet the board resolutions expectations um, by April 30th to uh, present a recommendation on uh, high school admissions. And then the second marker is by September to submit the final recommendations and update to the superintendent. You. And the next. The next steps. Um, we'll continue to have our regular check-in meetings with um, Dr. Rain, um, talking about the progress of the work and where we are. Sorry. My microphone wasn't on. <laughs> we'll continue to have our regular check-in meetings with Dr. Wayne um, and our team to talk about the progress and where we are. We are working with COFERS to customize the scope and the work um, and the budget, making sure that it meets our needs. Um, beginning task force selection, so that um, is set, you saw the calendar, to um, kick off right away, and beginning community updates to make sure that our community is informed about what's happening. And the last thing I'll say um, is I'm really excited about this opportunity um, that this is gonna present to us. We have such a diverse portfolio of high schools and there is so much great work to lift up and I think this is an opportunity to do that and also really take a pause and learn about where are the areas of growth um, and you know build on what's working and also really come into this with an open mind of what we need to do better um, because all of these schools were created quite some time ago for different reasons. And um, now is really a great opportunity to learn. Thank you to staff for your presentation. Um, at this time, I'd like to open for public comment before we have discussion. Sorry, there is no public comment in person here. Oh. Go ahead, Josephine. Thank you for the presentation. I think there's a lot of potential. Uh, seems like it's a good process. Um, I do hope, I don't know what the um, selection process is for the task force member. Um, I think the first meeting is October. I hope that you have a fair application process and selection process. My hope is that the task force can consider more admission programs for different high schools. Low and Soda are the only two schools that have a selection and audition process, and they are highly in demand. Clearly, they represent a need. Why not, why not create attractive offerings in all high schools that students feel competitive to get in? Why not provide more AP and honor classes at every high school 
so that the opportunity is distributed to retain families. Why not mainstream CTE, the career technical education, like so that let students learn general ed in the morning and take CTE and a major in the afternoon. Thank you. Please raise your hand if you care to give public comment on the intent to award a contract for a high school task force. We will have, each speaker will have one minute to speak. Can we please have that repeated in Spanish and Chinese? Thank you for the presentation. I'm very curious as to how much this will cost. I know the task force, the, uh, the task force committee should not cost anything. These should be volunteers, but I'm very concerned about the cost of this. Why do this now? I'm also very concerned as always about uh, uh, schools that have admission policies like Lowell and Soda. I do not think on behalf of the African-American community that no school in the district should have an admission policy every school in the district should be a great school. Every school in the district should have rigor, especially at high school level. I firmly believe that when a student finished 12th grade, they should have an education that will, that will prepare them for college and the world of work. Thank you so much. Thank you. Latoya. Thank you. My name is Latoya Pitcher and while I appreciate the presentation, I am appalled that you would continue to move forward with a resolution to number one, that is number one, anti-Black, and two, to erase all of the work done around equity um, against racism, as well as equity to root out the sexual abuse of students on SFUSD campuses. The fact that the Kale Force two leading members have ties to Stanford, I would think that would be a conflict of interest with Lisa Commissioner Wiseman Ward. Um, so I'm curious to know what was the application process to see the responses of all the applicants and not just the scores. Also the other potential conflict of interest in regards to the three sitting members who were appointed by the mayor and, the res um, and their inaction against supporting the equity audit that a sitting judge said should remain in place to root out racism as well as sexual abuse in SFUSD. So I'm really trying to understand what is your motive here and why is this board so anti-Black? Thank you. Thank you. Tom? Hi, yeah, I'm a teacher and a parent in the district. I could save you a lot of money. I think this is a waste. We already know in some ways why things are not doing well. It's because empower, and that does have a lot to do. So please don't cut me off when I mention empower. You should mention empower with everything. When you're spending consulting firms and paying it to fix it, there's not a lot of trust, I can tell you as a UBC rep, at sites that this is gonna get fixed. So how, when you go to students, you can ask them, well, maybe it's not working here at high schools because teachers are stressed because they're not being paid. Maybe it's not working because of how the city we live in and the mayor doesn't appropriate services. So, so paying this firm, what's gonna do? They're gonna make all these recommendations, this report, 
And are we really going to be what we say we are, which is student-centered and anti-racist? Are we going to keep blocking resolutions like we just did a few minutes ago? Thank you. Thank you. Brandy? Hi, I am a public school parent and I am absolutely appalled by the half a million dollar price tag for this contract. Um, take a closer look. You can Google all of the people involved in this. Um, Google the people in, from Califors. They've had a lot of experience um, working and promoting new leaders, which is a charter school affiliated organization affiliated with Teach for America. Um, Able Schools. His the executive director is Adam Pisoni, who founded Yammer with school ball recall donor David Sachs. Um, Partners in School Innovation, funded by the Bill and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. We just have to look across the bridge at Oakland to see what that foundation did to charter school proliferation in that city. Um, this is an obvious um, move toward um, making our more of our public schools um, private and by making them charter schools. And I, I think this is a, an amazing waste of money um, at a time when our, our district is a budget crisis. I can't think of any parent really who is demanding this. Please vote this down. Thank you. Thank you. Vanessa? Hi, good evening. My name is Vanessa. I'm the executive director for Parents of Public Schools of San Francisco. Thank you for finally calling on us. Um, I am super concerned about um, how this bid um, was allocated. Um, as you all know, we are focused on promoting the fundamental value of public education. And so I'm going to call upon the district and Superintendent Wayne and the board to delineate what the process will be for the involvement of any high school task force to ensure that there is diversity, equity, and justice. Thank you. Thank you. President Lamb, that concludes virtual public comment for this item. Thank you. At this time, I'd like to open for uh, questions or comments, discussion with colleagues. I have a question. Commissioner Sanchez. On slide three, it um, references the task force's four charges. Um, number three, to provide recommendations to the superintendent on ways to improve policies, practices, and programs for better student outcomes. And then four, just says examine admission policies for both selective admissions and comprehensive high schools. Will the task force also give recommendations? Wait, can, can you can you repeat that a little louder? Just sure. The, I just want to know if um, the task force will be giving uh, recommendations uh, on admission policies for both selective admissions and comprehensive. You mean if they will be making recommendations? Yes, that yeah. is part of, part of their clear in the, in the Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Commissioner Sheena, Commissioner Alexander. Um, the price tag is kind of hefty is half a million dollars. So I understand that we had a middle school redesign project that was maybe four years ago. How much did that cost us and what happened to it? Anybody know? No, it was, we did not hire outside uh, consultants for that as far as I know. Did we? I think we, um, I think there was an organization that support we would need to look. I mean, I, we, did look in considering 
you know, considering the you know, time that it's going to take to convene this task force and you know, if you think about it, it and all the work that's gonna be done in between the meetings for the work, you know, you're looking at uh, anywhere from, if you think about it as you know, approximately, that, that's about three to four you know, um, uh, staff members are working full time on this. Yeah, that was my uh, follow-up question was how many people from Calafor and the other two, I call them subcontracting firms, like how many people will be working on this project? Right. Um, and is, uh, yeah, that, I think that's Matt Calafor. You can say hi, and if you want to provide more of that, that uh, um, detail. Good evening, commissioners. Matt Kellerman. Um, I'm one half of Califor's consulting, the other half is Jeanette LaFour's, that's the name. Um, so the two of us will be working on the project um, at Partners in School Innovation. There's about eight people who will be engaged in one way or another, um, some more deeply than others. Uh, and then ABLE is a, a, a firm that's gonna provide the data support and they have four people that are gonna be working on this project. None of those people will be working full time. Um, be happy to provide the hours that we've um, budgeted out for, for work. No, go ahead, Commissioner Shu. I do have one last question, which is, um, how will you go about selecting the task force members, both community and SFUSD members? Do we have any idea yet? We're gonna be meeting about that, but um, one of the features is parity amongst staff and amongst community members, and there'll be an open application process um, that we're going to be working out that we'll share um, along the way. But, <clears throat> excuse me, it's really important to us that the members represent our different stakeholder groups. So um, we have so many different high school experiences and so many different um, perspectives, and so we're gonna need to be looking at that um, so we don't have that to bring forward yet today, but we'll get back to you on that once we, you know, meet with Califers and talk through all of the options. Sorry, one last question. I know the superintendent's gonna be updated regularly on that schedule. How often will we be updated? Uh, I think we said, uh, did we, go ahead. The resolution actually makes specific, right. uh, outlines specifically when there are to be um, updates to the board. So we designed a proposal to have following every update to the superintendent for the superintendent then to update the board. Commissioner Alexander. Um, I just had two questions. My first one was the same one Commissioner Shu asked about the selection process and I'm sure you've thought about this. And the only reason, I think there's some sensitivity because there's been in the past some concern. So one thing would be just language access around, you know, making sure that whatever the application is in, um, whatever application there is, is in Spanish and Chinese as well as English. Um, and then my question really was, a, my other question was around um, if there's any thinking on this yet or not, but just around the, to me, it's, I understand why and I fully supported having this broader look and not just focusing on the admissions policy for, for Lowell and Soda, but, I, but I, do, I think that question, we don't wanna just be about that obviously, but there is a sort of distinct question. And so I'm just, I'm just curious, how is that question gonna be integrated or tackled? Because it seems like there's a fairly detailed specific task there that, that is, is important, but there's also this much more important broader question. So we actually, I'll say, we, we actually asked each of the potential providers that very question in the interview process. So 
uh, Matt Kellerman can share the response that they gave. And then uh, Davina, you can add on any additional thoughts. Um, the way, uh, as folks in who have uh, been involved with the district for a long time and know the district and know um, those two schools as well as lots of other schools, we thought hard about this question. It's, it is actually pretty challenging in the timeline to think about um, getting, um, dealing with the selective admissions questions as well as everything else. What we tried to do in our proposal was to front load a set of conversations for the task force about key dimensions of high schools, teaching and learning, college and career access, uh, college and career readiness, excuse me, student supports, and what we're calling recruitment and access. And by sort of framing out that all of those things matter we in the front half, then we can move quickly to a series of focused discussions for the task force to focus specifically on the question of access, but not, but not without having sort of situated that in the broader conversation about what do we want our schools to be accomplishing related to um, college and career readiness. Mr. Weissman Moore, did you have a comment? I, I think, and I, I want to make sure I understood, Commissioner Alexander. W the the bigger question for you was which? Can I ask just a, was which question? The the admissions or the? Uh, sorry, the bigger question was uh, these the the first three of kind of what we need and want from the district's high schools and the policies and practice district wide. Because I think we've heard, for me, that was sort of the the bigger maybe meatier question, but then there's also this, this specific one around the admissions. Does that make sense? Or? Yes, yes, I, I thought, I, I, yes, no, I do, and I, I thought maybe it was flipped. Sorry, I thought you said yeah, it, but, but no, I, I might have, it's getting a little late. It's only 10, though, I guess it's yeah, a, exactly. no, I appreciate that, and I, I do want to say, I think the admissions, the Sol and Loda, ugh, <laughs> the Sol and Loda, <laughs> promise this is just bubbly water. Um, the lull and soda questions are super, super important, um, but I want to make really clear, one of the reasons that I voted the way I did on the lull admissions was confidence that we were going to come back and have discussions about how to examine our entire portfolio of high schools and how to make sure that we were uplifting and supporting all of them and not operating from a scarcity mindset where it felt like folks that wanted access to specific programs couldn't access them. So I'm really, really, really like very excited about both questions, but especially the question about looking, understanding what do we have. Um, <laughs> Ms. Goldwater knows this. I was, I, I did some high school visits last week and I walked in sort of with my school board brain on. And as soon as I was in that scene, I went into parent and my kid, my oldest kid is only in fifth grade. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, what if he went to Balboa, right? Like, what if he went to Gal? What if he went to Burton? And I was really excited as a parent to think about the possibilities of the schools. Um, and, and, and I want us all to be able to walk into these schools with that excitement and feeling like our children belong here and can thrive here. So I'm excited about the recommendations. I know it's a fast timeline, but you're getting paid. <laughs> Commissioner Tomedy. So yeah, I, I am very excited about this. I think it's been at least 20 years since we've looked at our high schools at least. Um, and I'm gonna say once again, we don't even have a course catalog. So I hope, and I've been encouraging our superintendent to produce something that will, the task force will be able to look at. So there's an understanding of what is offered. Um, when these conversations take place. But one of the um, the things that I do, that I am wondering about that I didn't see on here, 
is this is looking at like what we do and what we could be doing better. And I have spent a lot of time on other districts' websites looking at their, you know, urban districts similarly sized. Long Beach comes to mind. And um, I'm wondering how if, how if uh, there will be learning, some, some sort of like comparisons or education for the task force about what other districts are doing that can inform not just like what SFUSD currently does and what it could do, but what we can learn from, from other districts. Like Long Beach has programs that are start, pathways that start in middle school that go all the way through high school. Some of them start in high school, some of them are, um, you know, some of them you can sign up for, some of them you apply into, some of them have grade, it's like all the things. And I just am interested in not just being so SFUSD focused, but also looking at what others are doing that we could bring into the district to do a great job. Is that part of this? So thank you for bringing that up about how long it's been or maybe ever about kind of looking at all of our high school programs and you know when this resolution um, came forward it was intentional around having an outside um, group work with us because they're bringing that ability to connect with educational experts and build that understanding across the team and this type of work like the catalog work and doing that overhaul like our high schools haven't had the opportunity to be able to look at that audit of schedules all across how many AP classes how many um, you know how much workplace learning Learning is occurring at one location um, in one neighborhood versus another place so we just haven't been able to have that perspective and bringing that resource to the table is going to just I think build so much understanding but the first few months on the timeline are all about that learning piece so even before those school journeys happen because once you've had that learning that will start to influence your perspective on how you engage with your own school team because you have built that broader understanding um, so that's that was I think, intentional about how you built out um, that timeline so we come with that experience the only thing i would add to that um, good summary is um, we did propose as part of the our work to bring in some educational experts in those areas that i described and we have commitments from a couple of people i'll just name zaretta hammond pedro Nagara agreed to kind of come and be expert advisors to this work um, a few other people uh, linda murray who was the superintendent in um, san jose for many years and brings a sort of A to G for all focus. Um, so we can; um, those are people that we are going to to bring to the table to, for the task force, not not to be members of the task force, but to come and and be panel participants uh, in some of the conversations. And then, secondly, I would just say that the the main reason for bringing in Able as a partner was because, in addition to all the good data analysis that SFUSD has been able to do, Able has a really unique uh, and novel way of taking taking um, data around what students are experiencing in high school and visualizing that in terms of course taking patterns. Um, so in terms of, this, it may be a sort of win-win in conjunction with getting a course catalog is having this sort of school by school understanding of who has access to what. And we see that as a really critical part of the dialogue that schools can have and then bring that back to the task force. The task force is informed by you know, new and novel data about what's working and what could be improved. Thank you, and and I do want to reiterate that um, I actually think our comprehensive enrollment pattern is we've been we've spent so much time on our uh, the selective admissions, but the comprehensive high school process has 
deep effect in enrollment. And I'm, I'm just gonna say what I've observed is because there's no certainty for families. I mean, we now at least have middle school pathways. It's not a guarantee, but like pathway, because there's no guarantee with our high schools, it's an incentive for families to look elsewhere because they don't know what they're gonna get assigned to, whether it's gonna be viable or what is going to be offered at that assigned school. And so I would really encourage us to not just focus on the selective admissions high schools, but really think about the impact on enrollment and recruitment and retention in our district around our comprehensive high school um, enrollment system. Vice President Bogus. Thank you. Uh, and I guess this question is directed to the superintendent or the most appropriate staff. Just looking through the presentation, curious about how we're kind of holding the historical facts around our high schools within this process, uh, whether it's racial discrimination, segregation, underfunding, um, kind of the legacy of our schools or even school push out, which we've experienced a lot where students end up being pushed out of our comprehensive high schools into other high schools. And so how are we taking that into consideration of this process? I can respond. So something really unique about, I feel the, the way that this process is gonna work is that the stories that's gonna be told about each of our schools is really coming from the school sites, from that community of the community of, of the school journey process. So we have both that quantitative data that's gonna come in around these transcript reviews and all of this other work that's gonna happen, but as schools and we support schools to recruit the right people to represent their school teams, we're gonna be looking at you know some of the elders in the community, we're gonna be looking at people that bring that historical knowledge and really think um, very carefully around how we can um, you know, provide that lens and that scope. So there's gonna be both the engagement at the school site level, which are the school journey teams, then there's also the task force members, and then there's gonna be input and feedback that's you know, available to all, you know, through different means and, you know, beyond surveys, but focus groups and things like that. So there's so many different levels of um, building the understanding of the task force that I feel like we're gonna get to that because that's so important. Um, but that's what's really different about not just having somebody else do like an audit, you know, on everything is that the creators of the story are the people that have that lived experience. No, I appreciate that. I, I think I appreciate the intention. I guess I'm just worried about the execution, just yeah. being a part of these task forces before and knowing that the people we have the hardest time reaching are the right. ones we are serving the least well, and they typically aren't able to participate in these right. processes and aren't a part of that normal outreach. And so I guess, how are we planning to reach them? And I don't know if that is a staff question or a consulting question, but like, how do we, we plan to kind of bridge those gaps, knowing that there's specific communities that are right. experiencing more so? Right. Thank you. Do you want to add anything? Sure. I would just add that um, we have two things that we're trying to do with respect to that, uh, Vice President Bogus. One is our team uh, includes um, Partners in School Innovation, which is a nonprofit organization based here in San Francisco, actually has uh, works out of a, a, a San Francisco Unified School District facility. Um, and they have they and we have connections with a number of nonprofit organizations across the, the city. And what we hope to do is to leverage those relationships to have the community conversations in communities that are most marginalized. It's it's a it's a big um, area of focus um, for our work. Um, and secondly, we want to make sure that members of the task force are drawn from or uh, community organizations that um, have reach into the community. So 
them. That's the answer I can provide now. I appreciate that. I think it's just still the, the concern about what does it actually look like to do that, knowing that the people who are probably most pushed out are less connected to CBOs and support services and things of that nature. And I think how we kind of figure out how we balance that. I think one thing in regards to the consultant that I'm curious about is the diversity of your team and the people you have. And so I would love to kind of get an overview of the different identities and represented in your team and the other uh, partners you're bringing in. Do you like that now or do you want that as follow-up? I would like a summary of it now, and then maybe if you would share whatever is maybe more in-depth or appropriate for us to have, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, uh, myself um, and uh, Jeanette, we are um, white, and uh, from a racial perspective, um, we're white. Uh, the CEO of uh, Partners in School Innovation is African-American and brings a, a team of people who um, are diverse across uh, racial um, backgrounds. Um, and uh, the ABLE team is diverse as well in terms of racial identities. Uh, they have representation from multiple communities. Um, we have, I, I can't speak offhand to other, for, other aspects of diversity, but happy to provide follow-up. Thank you for that. Yeah, I think for me, it's just really just trying to ensure that we're being really thoughtful with this process and don't fall into some of the same pitfalls that we have before, like over relying on CBOs to be kind of our outreach arm um, and really kind of over expecting them to deliver the multitude. Um, and I, I think also as we continue this process, I'm really interested in figuring out how we're balancing the mix of what we hear from the public, because in my experience, we tend to have disproportionate amount of turnouts from certain communities, and you will essentially have an avalanche of one side versus another without a balance of what is most needed to help our most needed students be successful. And I think trying to figure out the way that we're balancing all students and the students who we're serving the least, I think is something I'm really interested to see how we um, lift up and exemplify kind of with our equity framework. Um, but those are my comments. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm going to wrap up our discussion. I do have a couple of questions and comments. Um, I am very excited about this work and the high school portfolio. I think you all have heard me say since day one I've served on the board that I wanted to look at our entire high school um, portfolio and this is the beginning. Um, yeah, so I have a couple of questions. One is how will students be um, in, not just engaged but central to this process? You know, I think one thing that stood out about the proposal was the student journey um, process that is not new to Kellefors, it's something they've done, but will be something implemented. Can you give a, a one minute summary of the student journey? Yeah, so the experience of looking at student journeys, which is situated in a, kind of a broader process, is the um, taking, doing focus groups of students at all of the high schools, doing um, short, very quick surveys of stakeholders and include students, parents, and staff, and then bringing together um, uh, transcript data um, and bringing all those pieces of data together, having a, a session at each school community, we would do this in groups of schools where they look at the experience of students um, based on the focus group data, the survey data, and the transcript data. So that part is really central. We also are proposing, we haven't even had our first conversation about um, task force composition. We think that a good you know, third of the, of the task force should be students, person, the personal point of view from Kelly Great. Um, 
you know, not to micromanage or get too into the weeds. Um, I'm particularly interested in it, and here you're talking about surveys and focus groups. Um, one thing that I often hear at the high school level, I'm a parent of high school, well, now it's one high school student and now a recent graduate, high school graduate at SF Unified, um, is often been kind of a lens of like, well, this is what students wanted to enroll in or register in. And I really feel if we're talking about um, our portfolio, kind of our vision for our high schools, we really need to be honing on into what do students want? And that may not be a traditional, just like what are the classes you want, but those attributes, right? Very much to the discussions that we're having at the board level around career and college readiness, the graduate profile, like there's so much synergy around those discussions that we're having with community and the work here before the high school portfolio. So I think that's something that I just wanted to at least stress because, you know, right now, oftentimes you do hear about impacted, impacted pathways. You hear about impacted, you know, um, different course offerings. You hear about impacted dual enrollment. And um, I do sometimes feel that students don't even, might not even know what is even available to them because, and not to get too operational, but it's a pretty difficult system to navigate, especially if you're a first generation, I'll say first generation high school student. Um, because oftentimes we were on our own to advocate for ourselves. Um, so that's just something, and I'm sure that will be part of the discussion at the task force. So I just wanted to express that. Um, and then just wanted to uh, plus one Commissioner Watamidi's, um comment about admissions and really looking at what those admissions patterns are. I do think that is um, really instrumental. And another piece that might be beyond scope and this might turn to more to the superintendent and staff. I do think understanding the high school budget structure for task force members, if we're talking about a diverse parity of members as a former parent volunteer, the knowledge in serving on PEEF took quite a bit of time to learn. So that's just something of consideration because while we want to be aspirational, yes, it's about vision, it's about landing on, you know, what the consultants will deliver with the team. It also has to be grounded in understanding how it actually works today. So when I hear about six pathways at a comprehensive high school and they're hobbling along to try to get to even scaling or keeping one of their, one or two of their most you know, popular, like most requested pathways, I think that has to be part of the conversation because I know Tammy knows as well as a former high school principal, just like the magic they have, to, like all, many of our principals have to work every year. So anyhow, I just really encourage that because um, I feel like the average, you know, the parent doesn't even understand the complexities that go into kind of the, um, that high school and student journey. So I'll just, um, Vice President Bogus. I forgot one thing, thank you so much. I was wondering just if we could share a little bit about what is our approach in this process to continuation schools, schools like downtown, Hilltop, um, Civic Center, Ida B. Wells, and just kind of how they fit into where we're going with this and how we're gonna capture the voices of the students and then families of those school sites especially. Thank you. Um, 
So right now, the student journeys will encompass um, our three alternatives, high school, so Independence Downtown and IW Wells. Um, also, when we're looking at representation on the task force, we're also looking, like I said, for people who have all different kinds of experiences in our high schools. And so currently, a lot of our alternative schools were designed um, really to serve students that needed something different than our comprehensive high school. So we want to make sure that we you know, are really sharing that learning across. So the program right now um, does encompass that. Right, we will conclude our discussion and roll call vote, please. Um, but Mr. Steele, sorry, um, out of an abundance of caution, because one of the consultants um, donated to my school board campaign, I'm gonna recuse myself from this vote. Thank you. Uh, Vice President Bogus. Yes. Commissioner Shu. Yes. Commissioner Matamidi. Yes. Commissioner Sanchez. Yes. Commissioner Wiseman Ward. Yes. President Lamb. Yes. Success. Thank you. And Superintendent Lane. Uh, thank you. So, congratulations to Kellefors, and uh, thank you for joining us in this effort. We have a lot of work to do. You can hear that um, you're meeting tomorrow, so we can immediately move on the task force. And do want to appreciate, uh, you've heard me share how important it is we're lifting up student voices, so appreciate that the students are uh, going to be a part of this process as well. So, thank you. Thank you very much. This is a great honor for us. We're really um, excited to do the work. Thank you. All right. General Counsel, adhering to our own board policies, I want to make sure that I'm um, adhering to the extension of beyond the 10 o'clock. Is it a motion? Yes. Yes, it's a motion, a second, and a roll call vote. So moved. I made the motion. The motion. Uh, Commissioner so Oh, commissioners. I'll second. Bogus moved, seconded by Commissioner Sanchez. Roll call vote, please. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Alexander. Yes. Vice President Bogus. Yes. Commissioner Shu. Yes. Commissioner Matamidi. Yes. Commissioner Sanchez. Yes. Commissioner Wiseman Ward. Yes. And President Lamb. Yes. Seven eyes. Thank you. Moving to action item number three, employment contract for unrepresented executive employees, head of communication and external affairs. I'd like to ask for a motion and a second. So moved. Second. I'd like to call upon uh, Superintendent Wayne to introduce the designee recommendation. Uh, thank you. We are pleased to recommend uh, Hong Mei Peng as interim head of communications and external affairs. Um, I do want to note uh, um, that this is interim. We had previously were seeking a head of communications and strategic partnerships, but with the in my listening and learning, I see the need for real focus on communications, and then we'll be working with uh, the Spark board and leadership on what sort of support Spark needs to also uh, expand its efforts to um, uh, to bring in additional resources to the district. And so, uh, but I'm pleased that uh, this position will be focused uh, on communications. Uh, both external and internal communications, and uh, we have um, a, a leader who is uh, already has uh, the necessary relationships in San Francisco uh, to improve our communications. 
I'd like to open for public comment. We do not have any speaker cards in, in person. Uh, please raise your hand if you care to give public comment on this employment contract. Um, you'll have one minute to speak. Can we please have that repeated in Spanish and Chinese? Buenas noches. Por favor, levante su mano si tiene un comentario. Los comentarios tienen una duración de un solo minuto. Gracias. Any comments from colleagues? Seeing none, roll call vote, please. Thank you, President Lamb. Commissioner Alexander? Yes. Vice President Bogus? Yes. Commissioner Shu? Yes. Commissioner Matamidi? Yes. Commissioner Sanchez? Yes. Commissioner Wiseman Ward? Yes. President Lamb? Yes. Seven eyes. Thank you. Moving to agenda item H, consent calendars. And do I have a motion and a second on the consent calendar? So moved. Second. <laughs> uh, for public comment, members of the public may give comment on any matter on the consent calendar, but members of the public shall not be permitted to sever agenda items for discussion. Um, any items withdrawn or corrected by the superintendent? No. Roll call on consent calendar. Commissioner Alexander? Yes. Vice President Bogus? Yes. Commissioner Shu? Yes. Commissioner Matamidi? Yes. Commissioner Sanchez? Yes. Commissioner Wiseman Ward? Yes. President Lamb? Yes. Seven eyes. Thank you. Okay, thank you. We will now move into board members' reports. Um, just wanted to report from standing committee from the special meeting on Wednesday, September 14th. We had one action item, the agreement for services with Alvarez and Marshall Public Sector Services, no, otherwise A&M, to assess and stabilize Empower SF. Report from board delegates to membership organizations. Seeing none, all reports by board members. I do want to make an announcement. Um, we do have um, an opening um, from SFUSD uh, for a representative on the uh, San Francisco, City and County of San Francisco Elections Commission. I just want to name that we have um, that opening available, but I am going to be working with the, with the superintendent and staff around what that process will look like. And we will make, once we confirm that um, application process, uh, we will then put that um, and post that publicly. And at this time, um, our upcoming um, calendar of meetings, again, uh, we are having engagement, um, community engagement meetings uh, with the board members around our discussing and reviewing our mission values and goals and guardrails. You can find that calendar also on the SFUSD website. And I'd like to formally adjourn um, at 1025. Thank you.